Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. All right, what is up, Gypsy Gang? We're back for another episode of the Gypsy Tales podcast. And my guest today is an absolute one-of-a-kind legend by the name of Tom Drury. And Tom is on a bit of an epic mission. He is riding a skateboard from Melbourne to Cairns to raise money for the children of Laos. They don't have a skate park. Uh, Tom was working over uh, in Southeast Asia as a teacher um, and saw a little bit of a skate culture going on, but there was no skate park. So uh, he come back to Australia and decided to do this charity ride, uh, charity skate to raise money for a really great cause. Uh, he just stopped through on the Gold Coast, basically the halfway mark of his trip. And uh, yeah, got on the podcast and man, it was so cool. It was such a, a nice, genuine dude. And, uh, yeah, just one of those guys that you can just, I guess, like, really transparent, you know? Like, you can just see, like, and hear the goodness in his voice. Um, and, yeah, it was awesome. Uh, disclaimer, it was super early. Um, we had to do this. I think it was, like, 6.30 or 7. Um, and, yeah, I just wasn't fully woken up yet. Got bashed at training the night before. So, I definitely, uh, I don't know, I haven't really listened back to it. But I remember thinking, like, oh, I wish I was a little bit more awake for that podcast. Um, so, just, yeah, my bad on that one. Um, but we had a limited time. Tom was skating to uh, Brisbane that day. So, we had to kind of just make it happen. So, uh, yeah, unbelievable podcast with such a, a legend. I've got the link in the description below uh, or the description of the podcast um, to donate to his cause. Um, yeah, epic cause, epic human. Uh, just got to give a shout out to our sponsors, the guys at Crick's Tweed. If you don't fancy skateboarding everywhere like Tom does and you need a car, you could head to crickstweed.com.au Talk to Kyle and his amazing team there. Uh, they can get you hooked up with a new Triton or any one of their new or used vehicles on their showroom uh, down there in Tweed. Uh, today, officially, the last day of summer. That means it is almost time for flannel season. Once again, I'm pretty excited, to be honest. Uh, you can head to dixonquality.com.au. Use the promo code Tales to get 15% off in the Dixon Flannel store. Uh, you can also get 15% off by using the code Tales at fisthandwear.com. Absolutely, hands down, by far and away, best gloves on planet Earth. Uh, 
Also, we're brought to you by the guys at MX Store. You can head to mxstore.com.au if you order before 2 p.m. You can get same-day shipping. Uh, what is next on my shopping list from MX Store? I really want some new boots, to be honest. Um, need some new boots. I also need the air boot cover for my bike because I dropped it the other day and snapped it off. Uh, and... Yeah, it doesn't go in there anymore. So I will be doing my MX store run at some point this week before we had riding for the weekend. Uh, also, we are brought to you by the guys at rivalinkdesignco.com. They're doing their 100K giveaway on Instagram. Uh, details on their website, how you can enter to win that. You can win a brand new CRF 110. Uh, the guys at Rival Inc., as you know, are the best in the game when it comes to graphics for your dirt bike. I think I'm ready for a new kit as well. I'm pretty, pretty keen to uh, switch up the look of the old Kato. Um, in terms of my graphics, when did I put them on? I think I put them on in October. Um, and I've done 30 or so hours on my graphics kit. Nothing's peeled. Uh, nothing has delaminated or any of the issues uh, that you can get when you use inferior uh, graphics. But Ravel do not have that problem uh like i said 30 hours on that bad boy now uh almost 30 hours uh also just a reminder you can head to our merch store gypsy-tales.com uh we've got the gloves there we've got some tees we've got some hoodies as well uh also just a reminder to subscribe to our youtube channel uh if you don't have a youtube account but you have a gmail you actually do have a youtube account so just sign into youtube with your gmail Go to Gypsy Tales and Gypsy Tales Podcast. Hit subscribe on both of those channels. That will really, really help us out. And also, if you've got any questions, any guest requests, anything like that, or you just fancy a little chat, uh, hit me up on Instagram at Gypsy Tales Podcast or at Jace McAlpine. Uh, once again, thank you so much to Tom uh, for doing this podcast. Thank you for doing what you're doing for the children of Laos. Uh, that's the kind of thing that can really make a huge difference in the community community uh and he's just doing such an awesome thing uh and like he'll say in the podcast it's just been great for him personally um i will be donating to tom's cause and i would uh encourage you all to do the same such a good cause and such an amazing human enjoy this podcast I'm at a uh, Tom Drury, welcome to the podcast, man. How's things? Yeah, cheers. I'm good, good. So, uh, <laughs> you are taking on a bit of a project, um, skating from Melbourne to Cairns for charity. So, do you yeah. want to give us a little bit of uh, give us a little bit of background on the um, on the project, how it come about? Yeah, I um, I mean, originally before. Uh, before COVID happened, I was actually planning on skateboarding from Kathmandu to Vientiane. Um, but yeah, just, I mean, with everything that happened, um, yeah, I just decided to do it here in Australia, Melbourne to Cairns. So what was, so at the end of this, you're going to use the money that you raised to build a skate park in Laos, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing uh, independent fundraising for Make Life Skate Life. Yeah. Uh, they're a NGO and they've... Uh, I think they've already done about 10 or 11 projects. They built Myanmar's first skate park. Uh, they built Nepal and India's first skate park. They've wow. done a project in Iraq, um, Ethiopia, Jordan. 
and they they build skate parks for countries you know that like people reach out to them you know they say they need a skate park or whatever and then they raise the funds and yeah they go over and they build they're all like volunteer based I think yeah. the the founder he's from Germany but they're from volunteers from all over the world and how'd you get involved with those guys initially I saw them on Instagram and yep. I just reached out to them I used to live over in Laos yep. um, and that's where uh, we want to build this skate park it's the only country in Southeast Asia that doesn't have a skate park yeah right yeah so I reached out to them um, and just said like hey um, you know like I see what you guys are doing and what they do is like awesome like they actually build quality concrete skate parks a lot of the volunteers and that they're skateboarders or they've been working like professionally building skate parks um, yeah and I just sort of told him about the skate scene in Laos and asked you know like if I could get land donated how much money would I need to raise like is this something that you guys would take on as a project and uh, they were like hella keen on a day wow that's awesome yeah yeah it's good so what were you doing with it uh, to live in, in Laos initially um, I wasn't living in Laos on the uh, border so Laos borders Thailand yeah uh, when I first went there, I was, and I was, I was living uh, just in the town, like right across, like I was living in a border town, yeah. at which borders Vientiane, which is their capital. Um, so I was just always going over there for visa runs and things like that. But I originally went there to, I was volunteer teaching English. I'd done that for a few weeks. Well, I was supposed to do it for a few weeks, but ended up staying for a few months. And then I got a job at a guest house. Yeah. Um, just like this nice ass place on the Mekong River. Um, sort of like a real jungly sort of place and I stayed there probably another six months or so went home came back because I like I loved it there so much uh, worked a bit more started teaching English at our high school um, yeah I think I was in Thailand all up for about three or four years yeah right yeah what um, what do you have to do to, to teach English over there like do you have to be able to speak a certain amount of the native language no nah, no nah. they prefer you not to know um, any Thai at all actually the teachers oh, really? yeah the teachers over there like you get in trouble if they caught you speaking Thai with the kids really yeah they want you to speak as much English as possible because like you know they wanted that to be intentioned into their, their minds that yeah I mean English over there is like a it's a priority it's almost like a a commodity sort of thing like everyone yeah. right over there they're trying to learn English you know yeah right yeah. Was that, is that hard to teach English without actually knowing because I'd imagine like if you're trying to be like no nah, this is what this means but if you don't know how to say it in Thai or do they already have like a pretty good base of English anyway no, when, I, so when I started I was volunteering and when we started we got like two weeks of teacher training I'm not a qualified teacher um, but uh, I mean I've got like my high school certificate and things yeah. like that but when you go over there you do teacher training there's so many teacher resources and things like that for you to pick up on like lessons and there's a lot of stuff on the internet and because you're over there um you know i was like volunteering but also like working with like other teachers sort of thing i was getting a lot of help in that from them it was funny though like when i first um got my first teaching job over there i was teaching at a high school a government high school but it was in a village and i had like 50 to 60 students to each class um but my because they get taught so they get taught grammar yeah um, the Thai teachers will teach them grammar so we're just teaching them conversations so they can they kind of already know English but they're just not very good at like vocalizing it and talking and yeah yeah you know they're like pronunciation and things so I was teaching a lot of phonetics um, A's B's and C's um, 
general conversation, like basic conversation, um, like, hello, how are you? Um, like sentence structure and like common things that are said. Yeah, yeah, like for that. sure. But also just their pronunciation because they can read it and they know what it means, but they can't mm. vocalize it, you know? They try to vocalize yeah. it. Yeah. Do you, do it. can you speak any other languages at all? Like you could probably speak a little bit of Thai now. Or? Yeah, I, was, I got really good at Thai, like really good. Um, I can't read or write. Now, like I'm a little bit rusty, but like in my peak, like I could like converse really well in Thai. Mm. It was almost like teaching English over there. It's kind of cool. Pull this tiny bit closer. Oh, yeah. yeah, you can just pull it to where you're at. Yeah. Um, teaching English over there, uh, it's like getting paid to learn another language almost. Yeah. Because anything that I would... Um, teach them in English I had to learn myself entire so I could understand the lesson as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah that makes sense well it's funny I've I've never really spoken any other languages except for just in school you do like Chinese and yeah, yeah and yeah. whatever but I think when you're a kid oh, I mean I just definitely didn't take it that serious but I've started trying to learn a little bit of Russian yeah and it's just like it's so it's a hard language so fucking hard yeah and the alphabet means different shit yeah so we got essentially like the same letters mean like completely different sounds yeah yeah so i kind of i never really had a concept of just how hard it was to to speak another language but it's more so the way that certain things are said and the sounds that you make inside of the words themselves it's yeah. not not just saying the words like you've got to know what certain things mean and then how those things that how they look and then how they sound it's just so much more complicated than i ever gave it credit for yeah which sounds ridiculous to yeah. say no i mean english uh, like language in general i never really had an interest in uh language at all until i started teaching time i mean i i love like language i think it's like so cool and um i think it's so good for your brain as well it's kind of it like is, learning yeah. music or something yeah. like that like if you're gonna learn language like you've really got to commit to it and try it when i first went to thailand i couldn't say anything at all for like the first six or seven months um, and even my my tire now that like i know a lot of the tire that i'd speak would be words that i'd use to get around because i was living in a village where like no one spoke any English mm. so I kind of had to learn just sort of to get around to order food and things like that so I mean I could have like a, a real good conversation in time people would be like wow like you're so fluent in Thai but if you asked me to say Wednesday I wouldn't know how to say Wednesday yeah you just said what you needed to say yeah yeah but I knew how to say like the weekend because I'd be like hey what's everyone doing on the weekend you know yeah right yeah. how was the way that you learned like, do you know, did you have like a plan or a strategy or did you like watch YouTube and shit or was it all no, just learning on the job kind of deal? Totally learning on the job and also just hanging out with, like I made a lot of Thai friends. Um, I'd like jot stuff down, like make like notes and that now and then just to like try and remember things. But the more you, the more you learn language is cool because like the more you learn, it's like you hit like a, um, like a barrier, you hit like a mind barrier, like trying to get past this sort of like level in language. And then once you get past that, everything just like starts making more sense. And mm. yeah, language is weird though. Cause like they say, I mean, you can learn any language, but to really perfect a language, like if, if you were going to perfect Russian, you'd almost have to become a little bit Russian. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like they say, um, like, and you ask anyone that speaks more than one language, they'll have like a different ego or a different personality when they're speaking yeah that language well what's crazy dude so um my friend 
that I like I speak Russian with yeah. and she she says that she thinks in English yeah yeah, yeah. But because she speaks English but she's like before she learned English she'd speak in Russian and she speaks four languages yeah so she's got all these different languages that she speaks yeah but yeah it's it's so I just never really I, I took a lot of it for granted to mm. be honest just like how um, different it was to just add another language to your like to your fucking brain it's pretty crazy eh? yeah man yeah yeah for sure um yeah, yeah. Sit, sit into that thing Sorry, yeah. otherwise it won't sound good do you mind if I sit on that yeah, chair yeah what's up with that chair what's it doing oh, it's just like leaning right back oh can you like I think you can push it in there's like a little there's like a little thing there is that oh, yeah. is that better it's alright I'll sit back here um yeah but just these work better close up yep 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 um yeah, no, that's a super cool experience then to be over there for, for that long. Obviously, you really enjoy the culture. Dude, I loved it over there. And even like when you were saying your girlfriend, I don't know, your girlfriend was like your friend, sorry, yeah. was um, uh, thinking in English. That's when you know like you're like starting to like level yeah, up in language. Yeah, yeah. Like I remember I started speak, uh, like thinking a little bit in Thai. Yeah, and then right. sometimes I'd have dreams and I'd like my dreams would be in Thai. Wow. Yeah, and that's when you know like your, your skills are like they getting up there that's super cool yeah I've never really thought of that mm. man I never thought about any of this until it like was something I even started sort of doing eh yeah 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 but yeah there's some uh, there's definitely some levels but I think it like realistically though because so I, I'm like super into jujitsu oh yeah cool and that is a language yeah. like I can speak jujitsu yeah for sure yeah you know and there's people that are like me in a black belt can have a completely different conversation yeah. as to me and a white belt yeah. like they just don't know the language and it's super crazy to think that kind of everything's a language like skating is a language everything's motocross a is language, a language yeah. surfing is a language so yeah once once I started sort of and I mean I'm not taking it super seriously it's just like a little bit of a it's just a little bit of a thing yeah. but it's like yeah once I sort of I'd never learnt another language to be able to see that that's sort of how it was yeah have you have you been to Russia before? No, nah, no. Nah. See, like you'll you'll notice as well. I mean, you'll love it as well if you ever meet Russian people. The, and like it's same with like any language, whether it's you know like motocross or mm. even like podcast or anything. Yeah. The more you learn of that language, the more you unlock in that sort of culture. Like the yeah. more you get out of it. Yeah. Yeah, man. And jujitsu is such a like a good example of that. Yeah. I reckon and it's I mean but it, it is the same with skating it's the same with like you could listen to skate commentary of a vert final at X Games yeah. and like if you didn't understand skating you'd be like what straight the over the head are yeah. they talking about <laughs> so but yeah so you uh, where's like your I guess your interest in skating even come from then um, I grew up like, are you a skater and then this is where this has stemmed from? Yeah, or yeah, is it definitely. just, like, something where you saw that there wasn't a skate park there? No, I've always been a skater. I, so, like, I mean, I always just, like, sucked at team sports growing up. Whether it was, like, football or cricket or anything, like, I was just hopeless, eh? But if you gave me, like, a pogo stick or a skateboard or yeah. a pair of inline skates Unicycle. or something. Yeah, I'd just, like, kill it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been skating since I was younger. I mean, I'm from Broken Hill. There wasn't really much of a... Um, a skateboarding culture there but I grew up watching Jackass and CKY and yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of all those shows and yeah. I just like thought it was awesome so yeah I used to do uh, inline skating before yeah but skateboarding is just something that's always stuck with me I've always like carried one around and 
Yeah, I've really liked it. It was actually cool because, like, I've been skating, like, pretty much, like, my whole life. But I've never... Because I've grown up in Broken Hill, which is, like, a it's a pretty isolated sort of area in Australia and there hasn't been much of a, a skate culture. And I've met skaters and stuff travelling, but travelling up the coast, because it's my first time, I've never been anywhere on the coast of Australia before. Wow. Yeah. So um, I'm, like, you know, stopping at all the skate parks and just, like, with this journey, like, getting, like, reached out by, like, skate shops and stuff on my Instagram. Um, I'm seeing this massive skateboard culture. I just didn't think it existed here. Eh? I always thought it was, like, a an American thing. But, um, yeah, it's huge here. And it's, like, so cool to see. I feel like an amateur when I'm, like, meeting all these skateboarders because their skate language is, like, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that sense yeah. of mine, like, you know, I've always, like, played around skateboarding that, but, yeah. They're, like, really in deep into the... Yeah, man, it's, like, their, their whole life, you know, is, yeah. like, skateboarding. Yeah, well, like I said, in Gimpy, you should definitely roll into um, Flipside. Yeah, yeah, I definitely of, will. Yeah, one of my mates owns it, and they're just fucking so cool. Yeah, I think I'm going to be there for a night. I'm planning to... So from here, I'm going to skateboard to Brisbane and then Brisbane to... Where Mugula. are you staying in Brizzy? Uh, I'm not sure yet. I might be staying at um, a friend's house or I might be staying at a backpacker's. Yeah, sweet. I'll figure it out. Yeah. I was going to stay there for two nights, but um, I think I'm just going to sort just of... pin it. Pin it through, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine you'd be getting kind of antsy because you'd be like, fuck, let's just get this done. Yeah, kind of, man. I'm like, <laughs> I feel like I'm on a mission now. It's like, fuck, yeah, I want to get it get it over and done with yeah so we'll outline the mission then so the mission is skate from melbourne to cairns and yeah. you're going to try and raise enough money for a skate park yeah i'm trying to raise 25k um and i've got nearly nine thousand so far yeah um and that that like that figure came from make life skate life like i asked them um like how much would their mean my project was um, and they said, uh, I think it was about 40K or 50K. Yeah. But So if I raise this 25K, that they'll be able to um, match that with their sponsors. So it'll be like a 50K project. But we've also found a... Because I've already got land that's been donated to us in Vientian. I was like called calling around and... Because I knew there's like heaps of land and stuff around and like there's an expat community over there. So I was just kind of like calling around and asking, mm. like pitching my idea and asked if anyone had land that we were just allowed to build on. Um and I ended up finding this French guy. He had like this big bit of land, and he's just like, yeah, he's like so keen for the idea. Really? Yeah. So, um, so we've got the land, and um, I'm trying to raise my part. But also, there's an Australian guy that saw what I was doing online, um, and he's like, he's lived over in Laos for the last twenty years. He's got a family and stuff over there. He is a, um, he's like a project manager for a. Uh, it's a company called uh, Wayso. They do like civil construction and. Um, like they build like roads and things like that over there and he's like said he would be able to sponsor us all of our steel material and give us some laborers and things that's so cool yeah man so like what i guess what's the thinking behind the project in general i mean most people because how old are you 28 yeah i mean most people that are 28 aren't really on a mission to do this kind of philanthropic um kind of work you know what i mean so like yeah. i guess where did this even come from in you to like want to dedicate so much time to a cause like this because it's fucking cool <laughs> i um to be fair man like i'm getting as much like i was like looking for an adventure you know mm. and i like doing like crazy shit so, <laughs> so like and i i saw like the need um for like a skate park um in Lao, and so i thought like you know, like I could probably raise money and like, you know, make this happen 
while at the same time going on my own adventure and mm. doing my own thing. Yeah, it's super cool, man. What, yeah, was there um, was there kids like skating around and you were like a part of like a little bit of a skate community there or was it just you just sort of saw like, oh, there's no skate park for even you to ride? So in Thailand, there's a pretty big, um, well, it's not pretty big, but it's like grown a lot of skate culture over there. Um, but when I first went to Laos about 10 years ago, there was like nobody skateboarding. Um, and then like, I remember the first time, like, because I'd go to Laos a lot for my visa runs and there's kind of like a main area um, along the river and they've got like bars and restaurants and things like that. And I remember seeing some like teenagers, there was just like a few of them skateboarding and I was like, oh like, shit, that's awesome. There's some skaters over there and I went and chatted to them and um, they were like, they were from Thailand, but they've just moved over to Laos and uh, they were skateboarding. But then after like a few more months I'd go back and they had more of their friends skateboarding and like each year I just see like more and more skaters and it's just gotten more popular there's probably about like just in that area alone about 50 60 skaters yeah right in the city um but like surrounding areas like yeah it's really like it's growing it's big in Laos and how important do you think that it's gonna be when it does get done like can you see it being a huge thing for the community there yeah for sure I mean skate parks I don't know they kind of get like I don't get much attention from like council and like the government and stuff yeah. because it's just kind of seen as this sort of like delinquent activity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Everyone thinks of skaters in the nineties and thinks like graffiti and yeah, you know, booze and alcohol and things like that. But I mean, and it is like skating's one of those things. There's so many subcultures in skating. Like, there still definitely is that, but there's also a massive culture of um, like community and you know looking after each other and. Um, sort of like a brother and a sisterhood sort of thing um, like a really healthy sort of community as well and that's sort of the direction like that's why they they skateboard over there you know they um, like Lao I mean it's have you been to Lao before? I've been to Vietnam yeah. uh, and I've been to Thailand but I've, I actually haven't been into Lao yeah I didn't even realise Lao existed until I went over there hey? yeah really yeah <laughs> because you don't really like learn about Lao nah, or anything at nah. school no, nah, it's not. Yeah, it's not like that. You definitely, obviously, Vietnam with the Vietnamese War, and then yeah. you've got Thailand because it's such like a popular holiday destination. Yeah. But yeah, Laos and Cambodia kind of just do their own thing. Yeah, well, Laos. Um, so Laos, like in the Vietnam War, they they, were, they called it a secret war in Laos, and like Laos was like leveled in the Vietnam War um, by like the Americans and um, the Allies, like Australia and everyone. Yeah. Like, there was more bombs dropped on Laos in two years on the B-52 bombs um, than every B-52 bomb dropped in World War Two. Yeah, really? Yeah, they like fully leveled it out and they called it the secret war. Like even to this day in our school syllabuses um, in America and Australia, they won't teach that. Yeah, man. There's honestly so much shit in, that they don't teach in It was like in full Australian genocide, history. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a, there's a fucking bunch of stuff that... Yeah. that probably should be taught that isn't but there was a, a lot of um the a lot of the war was fought in Laos in vietnam yeah. because of the way that they would like kind of move troops through um yeah. through the borders and try and move them through Laos to, to get them around yeah and, and Laos like Laos wasn't even really a part of that war but they no. were using Laos they were like moving weapons and moving yeah. people from north to south through Laos um and that's when America was just like, hey, let's just bomb the shit out of Laos. Yeah, same, same. Yeah, who cares? And um, let's stop that. And then that war was like fucking crazy because um, 
you know, like they just like fucked these countries up. And then they're just like, all right, you guys win. And then they just, everyone flew and home. They just dipped. Left all of their shit behind as well. And yeah. And like to this day, like there's still kids that go out and like playing out in the jungle or whatever, you know, trip on a bomb and fucking blow themselves up. Man, it's hectic. Like I've been to, um, we actually do this right across Vietnam every year. Um, this year, we're obviously, I'm supposed to be there right now. Yeah. Um, and we get on these like old bikes and we ride. The Honda wins. Nah, we ride these Lifens. Oh yeah. They're like a 150 like Harley wannabe thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty sick. Me and my family, we go do it every year. Yeah. Cool. And, um, yeah, like I took my little drone the first year yeah. and I was like putting my drone up, dude. And I was just like, holy fuck. There's just bomb craters. Yeah, you see the everywhere. craters, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was very, very, very eye-opening. And there's still a huge industry in, like there's people that, like families that they just bomb salvage people and then they want they go in they get mines and then they uh, and then they they get like undetonated bombs and then they melt it all down for the for the metals but it's a super sketchy job yeah 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 um yeah it's crazy like when you go to those countries you still see all like the mm. you know, like the leftover parts of the war and stuff yeah it's pretty like because I I rode a motorbike from Vientiane to like all through Laos to Hanoi Oh, and then yeah. down to Saigon that was like yeah. um, a trip that I'd done and like going through like Laos same thing you see with the craze and that but the closer you get to the Vietnam border you go through villages and people are using like old bombs as like just pieces of furniture and stuff yeah. holding up tables and things like that um, yeah it. I mean you gotta give it to them like uh, it's just surprising how like humble and how nice even the older Vietnamese and Lao people uh, towards foreigners yeah because you'd think if you were a teenager and just say like a whole bunch of Vietnamese came fucked our country up I was like alright see you later guys and then while we're rebuilding and we're trying to get our shit together they come back 30 years later on holidays all cashed up yeah. on holidays yeah. having a great time like you'd, you'd be, be like, like fuck, fuck you off. guys yeah. <laughs> yeah dude they are beautiful people like we went uh I'm pretty sure we were almost on the border of Laos. Um, yeah. it, I'm pretty sure it was the Laos border. And the our like tour, we rolled up and we went into these hills and it was way up in the jungle, yeah. like big time in the jungle. Yeah. And uh, we pulled up at this house and the, we've got like these two vans that follow us and then they got all the food and stuff like that. And then the tour guides cook you lunch. And then they um, they end up just giving all the food like left over to the families and stuff like that that yeah. are there. And uh, but they basically just like the guides go and knock on a door like, oh, can we use your can we use your front yard to like make our yeah. lunch? And then they're like, yeah, yeah, sweet. And man, it was one of the coolest experiences of my life. Like this was probably the most remote that we had been in Vietnam, and there was just like this one tiny village, like maybe. 15 houses yeah and it was all completely handmade they had no sanitation they had no running water it was like full-on old school like yeah. as old school as it gets the houses were beautiful yeah. like they built these amazing houses um out of the j- the jungles yeah and uh so we get there the the grandmother had like no teeth like just black yeah. from like the beetle nut that they're chewing <laughs> yeah. on and then the the old boy uh the grandpa 
he was so excited he ran inside and he's like old oh, dude and he got his vietnamese jacket yeah and he was in the oh like his army jacket yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. he was like a and he put on his hat yeah and he had like he was full decked out in like his military yeah, gear right. and he was just like really proud just to yeah. show that like he was an officer yeah and um we're all like saluting him and That's shit cool, like that man. there was no english like they couldn't speak any english yeah. and um their kids the tour guide said that um obviously they're vietnamese they spoke to him and said that the kids had never seen white people ever yeah we were the first tour that had uh sorry it's early for everyone listening we're very tired <laughs> um yeah so uh, he'd said like yeah this is the first time the kids had ever seen white people because they'd been through on like their recon mission yeah um to kind of know that that was the spot we we're gonna stop at but um yeah the kids were running around like freaking out we yeah had, they like, would have been blown out yeah yeah did they come and say hello and oh that? yeah they would yeah. have had like grins up to their yeah like, ESA. yeah it was crazy they were bringing us like their dogs and their chickens they're yeah. like look 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 like, it was well, really cool for them they would have just been like we've heard about you guys like <laughs> you yeah. exist yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it was and they were like you know some of the kids were like 10 years old yeah yeah you know so yeah it's uh they're a really really cool people mm. and they're just so so accommodating so like just lovely lovely people yeah totally and they're proud of like you know who they are and where they've come from like they like even just you know you would tell me then they would have been like hey i want to show you all of the things that i've got and mm. yeah it was honestly awesome mate that mm. that experience is like i mean i the first time even i wasn't even that keen to go yeah. like my parents did it the year before and they're like you got to come it's so good and i was like nah like i've i've traveled all over the world yeah and um and then now we just go back all the time it's yeah. fucking unreal vietnam's a fun country yeah yeah where did you learn like the stuff about the war like did you, did you read about that kind of stuff or did you learn that over there no i learned that over there that's why i didn't know about Lao. um and i was like why didn't i know this was um not know this was a country sort of thing mm. um I mean, I was like, I mean, I was like 20 when I went over there. Oh, no, I wasn't. I was 18 or 19. I was 19. Um, yeah, and then like, because over there, they're just like, yeah, like this happened. You guys just don't learn about it. And then I was, that's when I was told about um, that it's not taught now, like from the school teachers over there. They said like, um, because it, they call it the secret war. It was like a CIA mission or whatever. Um, it's just not taught now. School syllabuses to this day. Yeah 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 i mean there's definitely a lot of stuff in in history that i mean for fuck it's just so deep like how you know how much has actually gone yeah. on like i'm reading uh mutiny on the bounty at the moment yeah and it's like my first kind of i actually just read a, bo a book about Viet vietnam war as well yeah um which was just so hectic dude this um it was by this uh pilot robert mason and he flew the uh, hueys yeah in the war and like dude that whole war was just a fucking shit show man yeah, it was man, out so of control yeah it was like crazy did you end up um going to the war museum in ho chi minh yes dude man that is hectic, hectic. yeah hectic, man. yeah yeah i remember when i like i've been there twice but like i remember the first time i went there because no one realizes how fucked up it is until you go there and you're like holy shit like it was you know it's just as bad as if not worse and you know what they say but um i remember i was there and there was this american dude there and you could tell he was a um a like a war vet and he was like walking around and he was like crying and he's like whistling the american uh national anthem yeah right. i think a lot of vets like they they come back to vietnam after all these years and they come and they see their fucking destruction 
yeah. have caused and they just like they've got so much shame and so much guilt um, yeah it was a yeah, man like it's such a vibe there in, in like you can like really feel the yeah I got like goosebumps now thinking about yeah, it yeah, yeah that, and like the old planes and like the bunkers and stuff oh, that you can go yeah, in yeah. And, yeah fuck it's full on man but this um, this guy was saying that like so he was his pilot for this Huey and he flew for nearly a year in Vietnam yep. without like a chest protector. Yeah. So like they, how it was like this revolutionary battle style. They basically just loaded 16 grunts into a chopper, flew them into these landing zones that were never not hot. So there was always machine guns and shit like basically pointed at these, uh, pointed at these American pilots and they'd fly in just constantly getting shot at mm. and then they're just running like essentially just suicide missions yeah. just like over and over and over and trying over. to wear them down like yeah. yeah and they'd like take land and then the like the vc would move and then they'd yeah. move back in and it was just like this constant back and forth with mm. like no one and the one of the gnarliest things was um he was saying that they dropped off um 16 of the uh the actual like the um south vietnamese so like the allies and they dropped them off and they had to hold guns to the South Vietnamese mm. to tell them to get out of the chopper. Yeah. Like once they got into the landing zone, they're like, guys, you got to get out. And they were, <laughs> they were always more worried about having um, allied Vietnamese forces in their mm. choppers than having Americans and dropping them into hot landing mm. zones. Because they're just like, man, we just can't. They're like, you can't trust the enemy. They're trying to kill you. You can't trust the allies. Feels yeah. like they're trying to kill you. So it was just like a very, very confused deal. Well, it's like one of those no surrender things. And like there'd be, would have been like young people scared, like, I don't want to do this. And, you know, you've got your people saying, get out, or you either you go out and fight or we're just going to shoot you here. Like you're useless yeah. to us. Yeah. yeah. Well, there was one thing in there as well where they were flying. Um, they were like, had like a bit of a convoy and there was like, I think 14 or 15 of these Hueys that was flying across um, from one sort of zone to another. And then out of a village, the roof comes off this hut and there's this machine gun um, that's shooting at these choppers and like hitting choppers. (laughs) And there's 14 of them up in the air. And then so the guy had kids, women and children all around him on the ground and they were forcing these um, villagers to stand still while this guy shot at the Americans. Mm. And then the Americans just opened fire, just fucking mowed them all down. And it was just like, that's like the level at which that was just like daily occurrences so to speak on what you just said about how you can come back to the country as a rich fucking white dude and be on holidays and pay for a massage and shit and they've got the humility to like actually welcome you into the country yeah for sure like it's not that long ago that's the 60s that Americans were fuck and Australians and like every other I think it finished in like 75 yeah yep. fucking hectic dude mm. that's not very long ago that guys were standing there with machine guns mowing down women yep. and children like it's fucking full on man you'd have a vendetta against those people for like the rest of your life but, but they that's don't. what I mean yeah they don't yeah. surely there would be but you know um, I mean most people that I ever met in that they're like pretty open and you know they'd like talk about it and stuff but yeah yeah no it's definitely full on and so yeah it speaks to speaks to that whole region of of asia being very special people yeah and america like they were because like i mean as that war was so savage i was um because i was working in hoi an 
um, yeah. for a while. Yeah. And it's a were, nice city, eh? Yeah, man, Hoi An's so cool. It's like this, that French colonized sort of yeah. city, all the French buildings and stuff I think that's where I went. That was the first place we went to the first time I was there. Oh, yeah. They yeah. got the big markets along the river there, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah sweet-ass place. It's like this real charming place, and they've got like a nice beach there. And Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. But, um, yeah, I remember, like, learning there because there was this tour. They had these um, temples, like, about 40 kilometers away. And during the war, there were, like, Americans that have, like, taken over, um, like, this temple. And they're, like, you know, camped out at this temple. And the Americans ended up bombing the temples, bombing their own American people just to say fuck you to Vietnam because it's, like, their temple. So they're, like, we're going to blow up your temple sort of thing. Yeah. Which is, like, fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the whole the whole fucking thing was crazy essentially. Mm. Um so we'll talk about the your trip. Yeah. So you start in Melbourne. Yeah. Did you have any fucking idea how hard it is going to be to skate from Melbourne to Cairns? No man, I've never done anything like this before. I've done like so um uh last year like when covid and stuff happened, um I get I don't know, have you been to Broken Hill before? Oh, definitely I have, but I can't yeah. remember. It's just like, um, it's just really isolated. Like yeah, it's just like a small, like it's just any small town. Yeah, well, there's just right? like, there's nothing for yeah. hundreds of kilometers, you yeah. know. Um, but there's like a few pubs on the outskirts of town and stuff. And so like one day, like I was like bored as, and there's a pub that was like 25 kilometers away. Um, and, you know, people ride their like bicycles and stuff out there. And my plan was just for like something to do for the day I was going to like fill up a backpack filled full of beers get on my bike and ride out to this pub and like drink beers and listen to music and all that sort of stuff um but I had like when I got there like um like that morning my bike had a puncture and I was like oh I wonder if I could skateboard out there so like I skated out there done it in like a few hours and but I thought that was like fucking incredible I was like holy shit I can't believe I just skateboarded 25 kilometers um and I was like drinking beer along the way and stuff and like but afterwards like I felt fine you know I was like oh like I sort of like I don't feel that bad I reckon I could go further and they've got so there's another pub about 50 kilometers out of town and it's just a pub like in the middle of nowhere um and so like a few months later I like packed my bag filled full of beers and stuff and like done a 50 kilometer skate and I was like listening to music, took my cameras out, had my, like my GoPro on my drone and was just sort of like having fun, you know. I was like, oh, I've got the day to do it. And I'd done that like super hungover, done it like while I was drinking. Um, but like when I finished, I was like, I can't believe I've, you know, it's like something unlocked in my brain where I was like, fuck, like I just couldn't, never thought that I'd ever be able yeah. to do that. I'm not, I'm not like a real big fitness sort of person, you know. Um, and I just thought that that was like crazy. Um and then I remember like, cause there's a, there's another, um, like a small community outside of Broken Hill, about 115 kilometers away. Um, and I was thinking like, I felt pretty good after that 50 kilometer skate. Uh, and I'd done it in five or six hours. Um, and I was thinking like, I might try and skate out to Menindee. Um, and yeah, like I just had a crack at it. Hey, and, and I don't know how I'd done it to this day, but I did, I skateboarded, from Broken Hill to Menindee, it took like 11 and a half hours. Had like a big backpack on, filled full of um, food, few Red Bulls, um, and just like had like four or five litres worth of water. Um, yeah, and I just like left at six in the morning and yeah, I got there and like everyone was just like blown out. Like no one did like thought, because people have ridden their bicycles out there, but riding a skateboard is just like a whole nother 
yeah, sort of dude. like level, yeah. And I'm, I love skating, so like I was having fun, but at the same time, I was like, yeah, it was so hard. Like I remember getting there, my like in my head, I thought I'm gonna get there, I'm gonna get to the pub, I'm gonna celebrate, have like a great night, stay the night. But when I got there, I was just like so thrashed out, just roached. Yeah, I was wrecked. But the next day, like I felt pretty good, and that's why I thought, like, fuck, like how far can I skate consecutively? That's insane, man. Yeah. That's such a cool way to stumble upon something like this. Well, I just think like, um, and it really did, I mean, it sounds like a bit cliche-ish, but like the one thing this has taught me, like our bodies and our minds are just so much more capable than Mm. we think they are. Yeah. Like, um, as I said, like I used to think people doing this sort of, like any sort of endurance or long distance things, whether it's like marathons or, um, anything you just had to be this like really fit person you had to train for months and like you know you had to be like really you know take care of your diet what you eat and all that but me like i'm just like well, you need regular some fucking beers and a skateboard yeah. <laughs> do the human body like you can have like a can of coke and a pie and get on a skateboard and ride 50 kilometers and like it's the most efficient machine really oh, that's so good <laughs> so when when was that that you first did this whole deal like when you did the first um, uh, like long distance skate, I think it was last June. Yeah, right. And I think the reason as well, like I, so I've right now I'm skating anywhere between fifty and eighty k a day. I think my biggest day was eighty nine kilometers on this trip. But like I've don't know how I done that hundred and fifteen kilometer. I was just like keen, eh? Yeah. Because like I'm wrecked every day. Like I'm doing. Like it's almost like running a marathon every day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a long ass way on a skateboard. Yeah, dude. man. Yeah, I've done two thousand two hundred kilometers. And I, I didn't. Sorry, I didn't realize how um how big Queensland was. I thought I was like way past halfway, and then someone's like, "No, nah, like Brisbane to Kansas, two thousand kilometers." You know? Yeah, it's pretty much halfway from mm. Melbourne. Yeah, same same shit. <laughs> well, yeah, we grew up in Cairns, so like we come to Brizzy like all the time. Yeah, so yeah. man, I know that fucking road. <laughs> I know that road so well. <laughs> so what does what made you uh or like when when did you pick the date like all right this is when i'm gonna leave and this is what we're gonna do and because you're doing this completely by yourself unassisted there's no entourage with you there's no like follow cars it's just literally no, you it's a just backpack me, my backpack. And escape, skateboard. Yeah. um i so because i have had like travel plans to travel overseas yeah. corona hit so i had to stay working um and i was working underground at one of the mines in broken hill um, which is like this really fit, like it was like the hardest physically laborious job I've ever had. But also like, I mean, I was doing it for a while, um, but like I just wasn't into it. And uh, so I ended up like quitting that job. And I was like, I'm just going to spend, because I've already saved like heaps of money. And I was like, I just want to spend like a, a few months off and chill and like not do anything. Um, and then... Um, like two weeks later there was like a film crew in town uh, filming a TV series and they had like roles for an extra um, so like I applied like for that and got in like went to just do some extra work just for fun yeah right but um what film was that or TV it's called the RFTS what yeah I'm, the Royal Flying Doctor Service it's, oh yeah yeah I think yeah. it's gonna come out this year in um September it'll be on Channel 7 yeah sick yeah Superstar, what was your role in that? Well, I was just an extra a few times, um, <laughs> but then like I got chatting to some people on set and that, and said like I'm not working or anything at the moment because I just thought it was fun and interesting, like that sort of industry. I've never, um, you know, been in that sort of industry, and I like learning new things. And I just said like, if you guys need a hand with anything, you know, here's my number, give us a buzz. And they're like, oh yeah, do you actually want to come on 
on Monday and help just do like um, like additional like director sort of work, PA work, like sort of running work. Sometimes I was um, doing driving, just whatever they really need. I was just kind of like their runaround sort of dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like I just fit in really well there. They really liked my help, so I sort of stayed with them working um, until they finished their project. But I was like so keen, like I wanted to skateboard. So I was like as soon as like the day we finished the project, I think I left to Melbourne like um, two days after the rap party. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was like, right, I'm going skating. Yeah, oh, shit. Yeah. And so, I guess talk me through the trip, like from the like, from the start, from leaving Melbourne, and what I don't know, like what <laughs> what did you expect coming into it? Um, I don't know. Like, so when I went, um, I I mean, we couldn't go into um, Victoria. Oh yeah, because the whole fucking COVID yeah. thing in Melbourne. Sorry, do you mind? I, I just got to go to the bathroom. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's all right. Yeah, cool, man. Yeah, so the how did the COVID thing kind of fuck with it at the start? Was or was it sweet? No, so we like when the Victoria border was closed, you could go into Victoria, but you couldn't come back out. Yeah, they won't let anyone out of Victoria. So my friend dropped me off in Wentworth, like the the border town, um, the border town of uh, Victoria, and I ended up skateboarding to the like Mildura Airport and then flying to Melbourne. Oh, right. Yeah, so that's how I started my trip. And, um, which was like funny because like they've got all the whole like border was all blocked off and they had all the police there. And like uh, they were only letting cars come out um, that had uh, like border passes. Yeah. They were like so confused because I was just like skateboarding in with my backpack and they're just like looking at me. I'm like <laughs> giving them a wave. And what'd they say? Like did they stop you or they just... No, they didn't say anything. But that's the thing, though. Like, everyone knew that if you go in, you can go in, but you can't come out. Yeah. So if you go in, like, that's just up to you, like, going in sort of thing. Um, yeah, and I so I skateboarded to the airport, flew to Melbourne, um, stayed there for a few days. My, I've got some family up there, so I was just seeing them. Um, and then I started my trip. I looked at the map um, and was like, right. So I'm, I'm just planning, like, a few days, few days ahead. Yeah. So I skateboarded down to... Uh, the peninsula where you can get a ferry to Phillip Island yeah uh, Phillips Island um, and I got the ferry over Phillips Island and yeah just started from there like went across inland from I went from Phillips Island to Wonthaggy Wonthaggy to Fish Creek Fish Creek to Yarram Sail all through the East Kidlands yeah 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 um, until I got to the coast and then I just followed the coast right up, like all the way up it was hard though like when I like, I remember being in Phillips Island like my second day like I don't know what was happening because my first day was so hard because I hadn't skated in ages yeah um, and I, my first day was 78 kilometers and I was like fucked like I was so wrecked <laughs> and getting out of Melbourne was such a head fuck because there's just like I mean I've never skated out of a city but there's just so much traffic and like the roads aren't made for skateboarding and yeah um, yeah it was just like really hard and I remember being in Phillips Island like this is so like ridiculous like what the fuck am I doing this is stupid um like I didn't want to do it and I was going to quit um but I was like I'll keep going I'll do a few more days like sort of see how I feel like because I've already like told my friends and stuff and yeah, yeah. at home I'm like yeah I'm gonna skateboard again <laughs> you know <laughs> so I was like fuck I've got to like at least give it a crack um but then after a few days like I was getting momentum like I was like fuck I'm like I'm doing kilometers you know I'm picking up kilometers I remember like um when I got to Fish Creek, it was like, I'd done like 250 kilometers and I was like, holy shit, I can't believe like I've skated this far. And then the further I've gone, I was just 
sort of racking up the kilometers and yeah like i've done 2200 kilometers so far um but like i feel fine you know it's one of those things yeah it took a few weeks to adjust to um but yeah like now like when i first started i was like so sore after each day um and the next morning i'd be sore for about an hour until i'd start skating in that again but then i'd um, yeah, just sort of get back into it. It's like any job or anything you do, really. Like, you're always going to struggle the first few weeks. Yeah. And that's, like, what I've like, learned about this. Anything that anyone really wants to... I know if... Like, anything that I ever want to attempt or do in the future, it's just got to, like, pump through that first few weeks or that first month. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, you kind of, like... You're in it, you know, you'll be able to do it. And so, are you, like, changing your stance every day? Like, no, are you skating no. both ways or are you just the same fucking, same grind? Nah, so when I um, started this, I, um, I like, was thinking, I was like, I'm going to have to learn to change stance and stuff, otherwise I'm going to have one massive leg. Because mm. um, everyone was telling me that, or they were saying, you know, your one leg's going to go... Real tight and Real shit. tight, or yeah. one's going to be, you know, longer than the other and all these sort of problems. But, I mean, my logic, I've been skating my whole life and, you know, I skate every day as well. And if I'm doing, like, one movement, I was thinking it might get a little bit bigger, um, but it's not like I'm adding weight and I'm not, like... I'm doing the same movement every day with the same weight. Um, So, yeah, I haven't been changing any of my legs, but I don't think my legs are have changed significantly in in any size. I know my pushing leg is definitely a little bit more uh, defined, but (laughs) other than that, yeah. They're both the sort of same. I've got pretty big legs though in, in general. Are you um are you doing any like foam rolling and recovery? Like or is it pretty nah, routine should be, though. now? Nah, I um no nah, not, not doing be. any of that. Yeah. I just like I was gonna I was starting at when I started doing like yoga, sort of like just sort of stretches and stuff in the morning. But I've just been like super lazy with it. Um but I haven't I mean I've been doing it a while. I definitely yeah, I need to start um doing more stretches and things like that yeah dude the, I think feel like the foam roller man would help you so much like just get on there just put it on your quads and on, on your calves and stuff like that and just to just to loosen loosen everything up in there but now like I don't I don't have to it's honestly like I feel yeah like you'd I be, finish you'd a be day pretty, it's, pretty conditioned to it now yeah I'm just like fully conditioned to it yeah what's um what you had those times at the start where you wanted you definitely were like oh fuck this I'm, I'm out yeah I just thought it was so ridiculous and even when I say it out loud now like yeah I mean it is ridiculous but it it's sounds awesome. crazy yeah. yeah 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 but fuck like I can imagine there'd be some days there where like cause all it is like it's just you and you you're just in your head the whole time right it's just you and the road yeah. and your head and Spotify listening to music and stuff <laughs> yeah. um I honestly like I don't mind you know it's skating and listening to music and because I'm taking everything in like I've never been to any of these places mm. and it's it's such a cool way to travel because you're going so slow so you're picking up everything that you wouldn't see in a car going past at 100k an hour um, and plus like I like I like nature and all that sometimes like I'm doing it like real hard and I just think like I'm like they're really bored or I'm having a shit time but then you like you look up and you're like fuck like where I am is like so pretty and nice mm. yeah so what what are like the biggest challenges daily that you'd face uh coming up here the heat definitely the heat's been like wrecking me i think my mind you i've been pretty lucky like um this summer's been pretty mild um i was expecting like 40 40 uh 40 degree days when i got up here i think my hottest day was 35 degrees 
and that was hot that was going into Coffs Harbour and it was so humid and there just like wasn't a cloud like this was my hardest day I think hot wise because I caught myself there was like two hours where I had to walk on the side of the road because there was nowhere for me to skate and there was so much traffic mm. and the sun was just beating down on me for like two hours and I was like I'd run out of water so I was like walking for like 10 kilometers I'm like man this is so fucked but I ended up um yeah, like this car like pulled over, gave me some water and I found this bridge and I sat under the bridge for like an hour just to like cool down and sort of readjust. But you got to go into like survival mode because I've got accommodation or I like, might be staying at someone's place in the next town. I can't sit on the side of the road and have a cry. Like I've got to get to my next jet destination. Mm. Like I can't stop. Like I have to I have to be there, you know? Man, it's so cool. Like I I mean, I've done um I've done some endurance things with like cycling and shit like that yeah. obviously nothing like this but yeah you kind of there is that hurt locker that you go into and you just fucking figure out a way to make it happen yeah man like you need it like i haven't there hasn't been one place where i haven't got to the next destination mm. but i think that's because in my head like i can't stop i have to be there um and even if that meant like you know being on the road for 15 hours which i have before um but it's like fuck like I can't stop sort of thing you know yeah what's um what's some of the, like the coolest things that have happened along the way I've met some like super cool people um cause I've when I first originally started I was um I was actually calling up like motels and hotels cause I'm paying for this whole trip myself the accommodation's just like the biggest killer um so I was calling up motels and hotels telling them what I was doing saying I've got my cameras and things I'm gonna be like posting stuff on socials would you be able to sponsor me a night's sleep? Um, and so, like a lot of people were like, yeah, like especially in Victoria, they're just like, yeah, no worries. Like come, you can That's awesome. stay here. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, New South Wales, I'd like call up, they'd be like, no, nah, no chance. Really? <laughs> like, you can pay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fucking bizarre. <laughs> yeah, man. And in Victoria as well, like uh, heaps of people would just like pull up, see if I'm okay, like ask what I'm doing and that, which is like so nice Um because like there'd been times where like you know I've like run out of water because I can only carry so much water and that and guys yeah. have pulled up um, and I always like thank him as well and they'll always like ask if I need a lift or something like that um, how tempting is that oh so tempting just give me a give me an aircon yeah it's like, like dude get out bit. of here yeah yeah um, but it's like such a nice thing to do like you know and I always thank him as well I'll just say like you know like thanks for stopping and checking if I'm alright because I think it's just such a human thing to do. Mm. In New South Wales, though, they're just like, see y'all. Like, Isn't that shit. bizarre? Yeah, man. Uh, I think it's because um, I think because I was going through Victoria. That's why they've all got COVID in Victoria because they're all just <laughs> fucking stopping and hanging <laughs> yeah. out with each other. No, well, like the cities in in uh, in Melbourne, I think that's like a lot of their population is kind of on the coast. But I was going through country Victoria, and I think the smaller country towns, like people, are a lot more open and. Um, to like helping strangers and things like that and they're more interested in what I'm doing as in like curious sort of thing like what's this guy doing mm. but then when you get to the coast like you know you're going through like Wollongong and sort of all these coastal towns there's a lot more people a lot more traffic people are a lot less trusting and there's yeah. some big hills in Wollongong that to like to get massive oh that was a mission getting into Wollongong <laughs> yeah fuck that's hectic dude that's oh. hard in a car yeah I um I remember like in my head I was like picturing this because I saw it's like a full coastal road into Wollongong and in my head I was picturing like this nice breezy like sort of um like two-laned 
road with like minimal traffic going along the coast beautiful like scenery and I just thought it was going to be like awesome skating into Wollongong like right along this coast like this is the coastal road I've been waiting for um, but when I got there it was like crazy hot four lane highway I was like pinned up on the side of the road walking for like an hour and a half where like literally I've got cars and like trucks and caravans going within like a foot like side me and I'm like holding my arm out just trying to like scale across thinking fuck like I've just got to like get off this road um, and it was so hot I ran out of water I've run out run out of water a few times uh, on my trip and I ran out of water that down like the heat was just kicking my ass and the traffic it was just so stressful uh, when I got into Wollongong I was so happy I think that's why I loved Wollongong so much I was only there for a day but like in my head I was just like I think I was just so happy to re- yeah uh, get there, have a shower, get a meal, and I was like, "Oh, this place is great!" Like, <laughs> yeah. It's crazy how much you can appreciate food, water, and sleep. Oh man, a shower and a sleep, yeah, for sure. After not having it and being in that, because like we just take it for granted, because it's just literally right there. Tap, turn it on. Everyone go, you go home every night. Yeah, yep, yeah, that's it. Yeah, and I like I found with this trip because I'm carrying bare minerals. Um, people like drop me like an apple or. a an orange and I'm just like hell yeah <laughs> an orange fuck yeah this is great <laughs> some vitamin C you know that's fucking yeah, awesome yeah. yeah that's so cool man um yeah Wollongong Wollongong is a beautiful city though did you go um did you go through Kiama at all or anything like that yeah I had just so I skated from Nara to Wollongong so I went through Kiama and that but I was on the highway like the motorway oh yeah it was like hectic it was just so much traffic and it was so hot um, it took me like 12 hours or something to get in there. Um, yeah, but skating from Wollongong. So I was going to skateboard the Royal National Park. Um, so my plan was to go through from Wollongong to Mundina, I think the, the place is called, um, and then get the ferry to Cronulla and skating to Sydney. Um, and that was like the most pretty, like nicest day of skating I've ever done from Wollongong to Mundina because I got to skate across the the Seacliff Bridge and it was an overcast day so the whole day was like cool um, it was just like I got that real coastal sort of road that I was looking for you know like that I was like dreaming like fantasizing in my head it was awesome are you are you like picturing this sort of stuff as you're going along like what's going to come up next and you you are like creating these like visualizations of how things are going to be yeah but I mean I was at the start of the trip because you, you know I think like you know, going to Sydney, it's going to be like, well, like you think, because I've never been to any of these places, so I'm like building these fantasies up in my head. <laughs> but then you get there and it's like a bit of a letdown. It's like, oh, so now I just sort of like take it as it comes, eh? Like, I don't know sort of what place, like I'm not like, I mean, I do actually have like a bit of a fantasy what Cairns going to be like. I'm thinking like beautiful beaches, warm water, you know, like um, backpackers around, heaps of pubs around, like a real sort of like holiday sort of vibe, but yeah, I don't know when, <laughs> until I get there. Yeah, so then you go from uh you're in sydney what do you think of sydney um i don't know look i'll be honest i thought it was a bit of a shithole <laughs> but i was just there by myself i didn't know what to do um i went there i didn't really like feel like i fit in there really everyone was like pretty trendy and mm. um pretty alternative and stuff but like i went like you go there and you're like you see the opera house is like seeing the opera house yeah but i was just by myself you know it'd be good if you're with like a good group of people or whatever but I was just sort of like roaming around I went to um Chinatown I spent a bit of time in Chinatown um it's funny because like I I was planning to go to Hong Kong last year and because my trip got canned I made like a little video in Chinatown in Sydney and pretended like I was in Hong Kong yeah. <laughs> you know like when he like you know 
Peking Duck and sort of went around to the gardens and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, and so you've been filming this whole thing as well. So what are you planning? Yeah. And like, are you going to make something out of the, the with the footage or, or you've just been kind of posting it as you go? Yeah, I've just been posting it as I go. On my Instagram, I do like every day um, how far I've gone, a story of what's happened in the day and um, just my favorite photos and videos. But when I'm skating as well, I keep an actual like story up um, of like everything I'm seeing and like what I'm doing, like if I'm eating and stuff like that and talking about different challenges and stuff. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. So when I start skating again, you'll see like my story pretty much like where I am and what I'm doing and that. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to follow along for the rest of the way. Yeah, man. Yeah, check it out. It's, yeah. it's cool as well because uh, Instagram, because I reckon like, oh, like my... like stories and people like seem to like my stories as well but instagram saves them all so yeah. I've got, like every story so like i can go into my um archives, my archives yeah. yeah and it, you can see my story from like leaving melbourne like right until like here i am here <laughs> yeah you, you'll have to um put something together from it all yeah yeah point. i think i will at the end yeah because yep. yeah it's definitely i mean I, i'm sure it's probably not something you're gonna do again Nah, no nah, i don't think i'm gonna do oh i'd never do this trip again no yeah. way never yeah. again um, but like after this, like post COVID, I wouldn't mind going to like New Zealand and doing a trip in New Zealand or maybe Dude, that would be insane. Yeah, man. Or even like Japan or something like that, like North to South in Japan. Um, it's definitely like, it's a cool, cause people do this sort of stuff on bicycles. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I, I mean, I hope like it'd be cool to see in like, you know, five, 10 years time, more people going skatepacking. Cause yeah. I think it's like a cool, fun way to travel. Do you know of anyone else that's doing it or done it? Surely yeah. there's other people, but... Skatepacking... Dude, honestly, I reckon there's, like, maybe less than 100 people in the world who wow. actually get on backpacks and skate um, skateboards. And, I've like, I've, I've like, gotten in contact with a, a few of them through Instagram and that. There is, like, long-distance skateboarding. And they call it long-distance pushing, but it's, like, track. Like, people will go around in tracks and rack up 250 kilometres in a day with, like, these big long boards and they, like you know just sort of like gone around like racing like ultra skating or whatever yeah um yeah not many people do this skate packing though there is one other dude um that done melbourne to brisbane so like there's two people there's me and this other dude which has done this on a skateboard and this other guy is this professional he's an american he's a professional skateboarder he done it on a regular trick board like i've got like a a cruiser board with like a bit bigger wheels i've got a tail on that's kind of like a hybrid his was like just a regular skateboard that you'd take to a skate park and skate which i mean for me like what i'm doing and i've talked to him like um because i'm probably walking about anywhere between 10 and 20 percent of the time because sometimes i have to walk gotta walk up hills yeah if the road's too rough gotta walk um if there's nowhere for me to skate on the side like it's too dangerous for me to skate on the side of the road gotta walk but man i reckon he would have had to be walking like 50 60 percent of the time eh yeah man because those, those boards like a just a standard trick board like they're not forgiving at all no, no, and his his was and other. It's cool because like, because I followed up the coast. And I'm like stopping at skate parks and skate shops and that, and because like uh, there is there's only like me and him that have done it. Actually, when I get past Brisbane, I'll be the first person in the world to reach uh, this far on my skateboard up the coast. That is insane. Yeah, man. Even just to, like to say, oh yeah, there's probably under a hundred people that do skate packing. Yeah. It's pretty hard to be one of a hundred people yeah. doing something in planet Earth these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty rare. There are like, because I, I mean, I got my idea of doing it from this dude who's like done it here. But I saw him, he done a trip in Bali. He's like trying to break a, um, 
I don't know if he did or not, but he was trying to break a, a world record. Um, but I've like met people along the way and they're just like, I'm like, oh yeah, it's just me and this other guy. And they're just like, Mark, like I know him, I met him. Really? Yeah. And, uh, and like the skate community, which like coming into these places, like they see me, they give me like mad respect and like props to that, which is like kind of cool. I've never like had that yeah. uh, before, you know? Um, but yeah, like they, they all know, like, cause he was like a legend, like coming down on just his trick board. Yeah, dude, I can't imagine. I mean, it's gnarly what you're doing, but mm. like to do, obviously that's why I didn't go all the way to Cairns because yeah. it'd be a complete fuck around. Yeah, well, no, well, I asked him um, about that. I was like, is there any reason why you didn't go um, past? And he just said that he just had time, like he just wanted to do Brisbane to Melbourne. Mm. But I said, I was like, why didn't you do Cairns to Melbourne? Or like um, Melbourne to Cairns. But he just said that's just all the time you had and... Um, I think he was riding in into the winter. Yeah. But he said the weather had nothing to do about it, like the heat or anything like that. Because mm. I'm expecting hot weather when I go up there and rainy weather. Yeah. I've only had one rain day the entire trip. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, man. And that was from Ballina to uh, Byron. We Man, a couple of weeks ago, we got fucking pumped here with rain. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. So you like just missed it. Mm. <laughs> you just missed it. I've been so lucky with the weather. Like I've, it's like the rain just always goes around me. But going from Ballina to uh, Byron Bay, it like pumped down. Hey, I was just, just getting like trashed. Um, but I was just like skating through it because I can't stop anywhere. Mm. Yeah, it's like I can sit there and stop in the rain or I can just skate in the rain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah true way. <laughs> yeah. Um, how has it been on equipment? Um, yeah, fine. I've, I've only just changed my uh, wheels um, in Tweed Ed's. There's a skate shop, Kick Push. They were like, they were like so supportive of me. Um, they ended up like donating five hundred dollars to my fundraiser. Uh, they gave me like new wheels and new bearings and things like that. I've only been through two um, sets of bearings. Um, yeah, but so I've just got these new wheels. I'm a little bit worried about them though because they're harder than my mm. original wheels, and so they pick up more on rocks. Like they're more bound to stop. Yeah, and so skating from Kalangutta, Kalangutta, is that oh, the place? No. It's like twenty kilometers down the coast, next to Tweed Heads. Yeah, Kalangutta. Sure. Oh, Kalangutta, yeah, Kalangutta, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I skated from there here, um, and I hit a crack on the road and went flying and skinned my knee and oh yeah, my elbow, my hand. And it was the first time this whole trip I've come off my. I was skateboard. actually going to ask you if you've if you've had any big crashes. Yeah, just that, no and shit. that was just like hitting a ro- um, a crack on a footpath. <laughs> so now and that's like, on these new wheels. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention because, yeah. like, sometimes I'm just skating and I'm not paying attention. But definitely now, like, since then, skating around here, even like, um, I'm a little bit like, I don't know it's kind of like I've got like a bit of like nerve sort of thing. Like, I don't want to come off and skin myself because yeah. it fucking hurts so much. Yeah, it hurts when you take your skin off, you know. I fucking hated that. Yeah, yeah, crashing skateboards fucking sucks yeah man, man. it's and if, not fun and if you donate like I've got this massive backpack on yeah true and eh? I weigh like a hundred and kilos you know so like when I'm hitting the ground like I'm hitting it hard <laughs> <laughs> I reckon like half the Gold Coast heard me scream fuck when I fell over that's I mean it's not funny but it's funny <laughs> uh, we used to have a when I lived in America we had like a half pipe at our house yeah like a little like four foot mini ramp fucking crashing that's skateboards sucks yeah 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 i didn't get very good at it though i just didn't really commit to it yeah i'm just too scared i'm even me man like i skateboard on that but i'm not like 
really good. I could, I mean, I can ollie like, I mean, I can like drop in ramps and that, but I'm no professional or anything like that. Mm. Yeah, it's very hard to get good at. Mm. It takes a lot of commitment. I feel like that's one of the, like the gnarliest things about, like you watch good skaters, like you watch any like Niger part or anything where there's like a really good dude mm. the fucking level of commitment that they have to yeah, just man. wipe themselves out yeah. over and over yeah. and over and over like that is a strange relationship with pain yeah and that's how um you get good at skateboarding any skateboarder will say they're like if you want to get good like you're gonna have to fall off and you're gonna have to hurt yourself mm. because that's how we learn to you know like slowly not do that you know yeah yeah just uh that level of mm. commitment is pretty hectic it's kind of why i like cruising like you don't fall off as much yeah. than like a, a skate park like the skateboard you know so from from here you're gonna go into brizzy um and then like how long do you think it's gonna take you to get to Cairns? Uh, i'm hoping to finish uh the middle of april maybe like uh late april i reckon i'll get there yeah if i do more than a thousand kilometers a month i'm happy yeah. Which is 50 kilometers, at least 50 kilometers a day, Monday to Friday. Yeah. But I've been going over that. Yeah. Um, so you could get there a little bit, a little bit earlier. Yeah. But everyone's saying that that Bruce Highway is like a, a death trap and it's like going to be real hard. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. There's just so much roadworks there at the moment. I just don't, I mean, I'm just going to have to take it as it comes. But even if I have to walk, like if I've got to walk 30 kilometers in a day, like, yeah. I've got to do it and skate the rest. Yeah. Um, coming up from Sydney here though it was like a dream that new Pacific Highway cream on my board I was getting so much distance each day um, one of my days I got like 89 kilometers in a day yeah right yeah and I'd done it in like 8 hours which is like crazy it was like so fast yeah. but it's so smooth new yeah because I've just finished all that yeah. right and like it was like pretty flat but at the same time like you go up hills and it doesn't even like because it's such a, a small incline going up didn't feel like I was like trudging up big hills but when you get to but the top you you're just like standing on your board not pushing not even having a break and you're just sort of like cruising down it's great yeah I was gonna say like is there a, is there just times where it's just the fucking dream yeah yeah heaps of times that's why like, anytime I see hills and that, I kind of like hills if it was flat the whole way it'd be pretty boring but like hills they like break it up but you also know like what goes up must come down and um yeah sometimes it's just like awesome like there's been times where I've Stand been like when I was going through the Royal National Park, like you go like down into this mountain and you're thinking, fuck, I'm gonna have to walk back up here. And you like go up and then you go down. But when I got you get to like the top of the mountain and you're sort of on the top of the mountain for like 20, 25 kilometers. Um, and then like when you go down into Mundine, there, there was like a brand new road and it was like I was just standing on my board, just like cruising probably like 40 kilometers an hour for like 10, 15 minutes. It was like all clean, no traffic. And I was just like, fuck, this is like crazy, amazing, you know? Yeah. It's so cool to be able to find that. Because you wouldn't know when those little pockets are coming up either. No. And when it hits, you just be like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. It's just like, here we go. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I can imagine that, eh? Like, and just being in the full fucking trudge mode of like going up the hill and yeah. just being completely over it. Yeah, yeah. I think like going from, because Google Maps, they tell you your um, elevation of the day. So, like, oh, no, it'll say, like, like a good day for me, anything under um, 400 metres higher yeah. is, like, a, a good day. day. Yeah. Um, you know, anything under, so, I mean, the smaller the better. But there's been days where it's, like, 800 metre elevation, which means I'm going to be walking uphill, like, a kilometre higher, like, up and down, but, like, at least a kilometre of incline walking up. And it's, like, fuck, like... 
It's a long way on a skateboard. Yeah, man. A long ass way on yeah. a skateboard. I think I walked up, like when I was walking into the National Park, I was walking uphill for about an hour and a half. Just but when like, I got to the top, man, like the view was awesome. Like it was crazy up there. It was like right on this cliff on the on the other uh, water. Like it was cool as, you know. Yeah, I mean, that that coastline where you were talking about, like uh, from Nara, Kayama, um, Wollongong, man, that is some beauty. That, that is like beautiful Australian country. Yeah, man. But that side, traffic-wise, it's so much better in a car, not cool yeah. on a skateboard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's funny too. Like you would just never even think that, right? Yeah. Like you just fully take it for granted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you think of Byron? Byron was awesome. I had a sick time there. How long did you stay there for? Um, five days. Sick. Yeah, and I, I was like planning to stay there for a few days because like I've heard about Byron Bay. I didn't really know what to expect, but you go there like everyone's on holiday mode, everyone's friendly. It was the first place I've been across the coast where like you'd get served at a shop and the, like the person serving you just like starts up conversation and mm. chatting and yeah, it was just really cool. Heaps of cool bars and stuff around. Everyone's getting around riding bicycles with like no bras and no shoes and no helmet. Everyone's on skateboards. Everyone dresses like they're from the 70s. Um, yeah, it was just like really cool there. Like it's a full like vibe there, eh? Yeah, it's a uh, it's a full fucking time warp when you yeah. get in there, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People like busking in the streets and stuff. Yeah, and everyone like, I remember like I thought it was cool as because um, like all the bars and that they close at like 11, 12 and then everyone would go to the go to the beach and everyone just sort of like sits on the beach yeah. on the grass. Everyone gets booze from the like the alcohol store and everyone drinks there but everyone's at the same time like real respectful and no one's like fighting and trashing the place everyone's cleaning up after himself um and then around like two three o'clock in the morning the council like turns the sprinklers on and gets rid of everyone off the grass it's such an aussie thing like turn the sprinklers on to get everyone Don't off the grass get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah get home <laughs> done it's funny that a place can develop its own vibe like completely yeah. its own subculture everyone here knows that that that's what byron is like yeah 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 i think like um you know everyone like before i got there everyone was because they talk about they're like oh byron used to be like this like it was so much better back in the day now it's real ritzy and stuff but anywhere is always good back in the day like when was back mm. in the day you know um you know in 15 years time from now people who went to byron today would be like oh 15 years ago Byron was so much better and yeah that. 100% but that's eh? just like the way the world works um, but Byron's always going to be cool you know yeah I mean it's just such like a crazy coastline there too yeah. that's the that's the furthest most eastern point of the Australian continent too right really yeah oh cool did you go to the lighthouse that was um, a pretty big walk yeah I went to the lighthouse because I met up with a friend there we went for a drive around and he showed me around went to um, Watergo 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 yeah. Beach that was actually the first time I swam in the ocean the entire trip and I followed the whole coast up really yeah what I'm, was the deal there I'm a bit of a cat when it comes to water I'm just like yeah broken hill bro yeah like <laughs> I, well, I just don't feel that connected to the ocean love sitting by the beach and like having a beer and chilling out yeah but um, yeah like I was like fuck like, I knew like I was like I've got to get in the water and there was just like a mental block like stopping me I don't know why but I jumped in. I've been in the ocean like heaps since. I've been the ocean here and surfers and all that. Um, I kind of know what nice. you mean though, to be honest, because we like I grew up in Cairns, mm. and you just you can't swim in the ocean there. Yeah, and it just isn't a thing. So you don't really go in the ocean that much. Nah. I mean, I've been in the ocean plenty of times in the past, but it's just been a few years. Yeah, and I just like it's not on the top of my priority list to like go in and get wet. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I I didn't um I didn't have 
any feeling of it going in the ocean until I started surfing. Yeah. Like it wasn't until I surfed that I actually appreciated. I took a surf lesson in Byron for the first time because I've never been on a surfboard. No really? one's tried out, yeah. What do you think? It's a fucking workout. It's really hard, eh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Says the dude skating across yeah. Australia. Nah, man, it's so hard. Yeah. Um, and I, I got up I got up for like 10 seconds or so but like it's pretty hard mm. um, I reckon I'd probably have more fun on a bodyboard or like something mm. like that but uh, yeah like I was wrecked afterwards yeah man um, surf I always used to say like surfing makes your eyelids tired yeah yeah like, for sure I've never I don't know that I've ever been as tired as putting in like a four hour surf in, yeah. in like solid waves and you come out and it's like you can't even fucking hold your eyelids yeah. <laughs> your eyelids up I think as well the salt water yeah. like, just takes out all the moisture in your skin dehydrates your heap so yeah yeah, it's a pretty, like, hardcore sport. Man, you know the thing that I always crave when I finish surfing, and we used to do it all the time, was a Macca's Coke and chips. Yeah, man. Just like, I don't know, it's like you've still got the salt taste in your mouth from yeah. the ocean, so it's <laughs> like you kind of still need the salt. Yeah. Or you've just lost that much sweat, but you don't feel like yeah. you're sweating because you're wet. Yeah. But yeah, the fucking Macca's Coke and chips was just like the, the full revival after a surf. That's like kind of the thing, though, like... um. Yeah, people like swimming on the beach all day, get fish and chips, like something salty and yeah. get all your stuff back in, yeah. What's been your uh, What's been your n- nutrition program like when you've been uh, on the trip? Not good. <laughs> <laughs> Not good. Because, um, like, I... I mean, I've got to eat wherever I can eat and I'm not carrying much food. I yeah. try and carry fruit and stuff with me. If I've got, like, a long stretch... Um, where there might not be anywhere for me to stop. I'll try and take like fruit or some muesli bars and that with me. Um, but there were times like going through Victoria and in New South Wales, like I've got to eat at roadhouses. Yeah. And because they're just opening up after their COVID lockdowns and that, a lot of the time they've just got like meat pies and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of crap. Um, uh, I drink shit tons of water. I drink so much water. Yeah. Um, also through Do the you do day. like electrolytes and stuff as well though? Yeah, I had hydrolyte. Um, I was using hydrolytes for a while. I've actually got to get some more hydrolytes. Um, actually, um, after this, I'll take you and I'll get some uh, BCAA stuff for you. we got to sponsor Combat. Oh, yeah? Um, but I don't know whether... You probably can't take like a tub, can you? Is it you've nah. got enough room? Because nah. I wonder if they've got some sachets that I could get for you. What are they, like hydrolyte? It's like... Um, it's just like... <sighs> amino acids for your muscles and shit like yeah. while, you're, while you're skating and stuff like that yeah that'd be good and like helps with hydration and shit yeah for we'll sure we'll go for it we'll go, actually I should just text them now and see if we they've got any for you I'll do it after actually. Um, yeah, that'd be cool but yeah that, that stuff would definitely help you out as well yeah because yeah like the problem is if you're only drinking water yeah you're not actually putting in a bunch of like the salts and stuff that you kind of need I get like a, I'll have like a can of um, soft drink or something at lunch like a bit of sugar or something like yeah. that um, but yeah you still need your your salts and things yeah and then for like dinner like because like I'm paying like even though like as hard as this is I don't want to be torturing myself like I'm not finishing and eating two minute noodles like I'm going to the Pub yeah and like a proper meal and a few beers and things like that yeah mm. yeah i mean you've got to like it's just i could have a little bit of fun with it as well you know yeah well you, you you're burning so much calories as well like you have to put in as much as you can man i haven't lost a single kilo of weight like this whole trip i thought i would have been shredded by the time i got yeah, up here right. but like i just haven't lost any weight at all yeah, that's bizarre. Mm. It's probably just the yeah the way that you're eating, I guess, like through necessity. For sure, and I think as well, like um, like because my muscles and stuff aren't hurting like they used to at the end of days. I think because I'm just used You've to doing. You've probably it. gotten like more muscle. Well, I'm just doing that fat. same same motion sort of thing, so it's just not. 
Yeah. Plus, I think my body's just like holding on to as much. Yeah, probably as yeah. it can as well, just because it's like fuck. Like, what's your body doing right now? They don't know where it's going to finish. Yeah, that is true, eh? Mm. Yeah, it's just going like, what the fuck's going on? Here? We gotta <laughs> save like every single thing we can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, man. It's so cool to yeah. I just think it's so. I think it's so cool to do something so different for a cause that's a lot bigger than yourself. But it seems like you've found a way to make the process. Um, like something that is for you if that makes sense like you're doing a selfless yeah, thing it, it is for me but like it's also like I'm not doing this just because I'm trying to get a, a skate park down in Laos that's mm. something that I've always wanted to do and I'm trying to like bat out two birds with one stone you know? yeah and I, that that's what I think is really cool that, that it's like there's this big goal this goal that's bigger than you yeah but then the process of it is like this thing that is good for you yeah oh it's totally good for me it's like I mean, it's done wonders for my mental health. Um, it's just done good for my confidence. It's um, like I think this is like doing something like this. It's just going to sort of shape the way I've. Well, I mean, it is. It's like shaping the way I'm thinking about the world, um, about opportunities. It's opening me, uh, opening my world up to opportunities. I've, um, you know, I'm like meeting heaps of like cool people, and yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's it's a proper journey. How would you say that it's um, helped your mental health? I've just, um, I don't know, like, I think, and I, I think if you, like, talk to anyone doing these sort of, like, big long-distance things, I think originally they kind of started to, you know, as a way to, like, sort of, like, clear their head and mm. sort of, um, it kind of usually starts as a mental health thing. And I've talked to a a few people that I've met along the way doing these long distance things and they all like say the same thing. Anyone that's doing this sort of stuff originally is kind of doing it for like a cause to like, you know, like help them. And I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm, I don't suffer from mental illness or anything, but I'm always being quite a well uh, aware of my mental health and I, I want to have like a healthy um, sort of mind, you know? And so, and I've always found, I mean, I used to go jogging uh, like even like skateboarding it's just always been a massive vice for me it's kind of like a form of like meditation or it's just a good like wind down you know it's you know good for it. it's like surfing or music mm. or going to the gym or, you know, anything like that um, it's just like a, a really good healthy device that, that I've sort of used and I've just felt really um, since doing this I just feel really clear really um, sort of like on the ball about things I don't sort of like feel flat or anything I feel yeah I just feel really good mm. like really good like I feel probably the best I've I've ever felt and what would you say that that is because of like um, obviously you're doing this trip but what is it that's inside of that that is kind of helping I think it's just like that I've got like a that self-accomplishment knowing that I've gotten to my next place my next destination um, I know I'm raising money for a cause that uh, I'm really um, oh, that's really important to me. Um, yeah, I just feel that, you know, because I'm out there, like, I'm doing something that I said that I was going to do. A lot of people, they, mm. you know, they want to do these things and they say they want to do these things, but no one really, like, they might not do them. And I think subconsciously, like, you kind of feel, because everyone's got, like, these dreams of these things they want to do. But when you're not doing them, you're kind of like, it's like you're automatically kind of, sort of feeling shit because you're not doing them but um yeah I and mean, this is the first time like i've really been like hey i'm gonna do this and i'm doing it and i just feel really good about it 
dude, that's it's like... It's really hard to articulate what I mean, but... <laughs> no, nah, I know exactly what you mean. And I was just saying, uh, talking to one of my buddies on the phone last night, and I've said it on the podcast here mm. a few times, but the this podcast has been probably like the thing that's changed my life in the biggest way. Yeah. Because there's so many people listening. And if I say anything, even if it's just in passing, like, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I'm like, fuck. I just like, now I literally yeah. have to do that. Like hundreds of thousands of people yeah. have heard me say that and that forced accountability yeah it just i don't know it's it's simple yeah when you when you can do it you know you're like fuck i've now i need to be accountable for the things that i've said and then you just use that as the launch pad for whatever it is and then you get it done and there is a great feeling of accomplishment and every time i accomplish something that i said i was going to do it just it's like another little you know coin on the stack kind of thing and like really like I mean even starting this like massive job starting it up but you would have been like fuck it like you just said like all right I'm gonna do it start from the start like what are the steps I need to take Mm. like let's get this ball sort of rolling and once that ball's rolling and you're doing it it's like oh shit like it's actually it's kind of like that language thing like it's something Mm. unlocks in your brain where you're like oh here we go like we can actually do this you know yeah and then you just spend time like in this zone too where you sort of don't even really know what you're supposed to do yeah you don't really have a plan and mm. you're, like you're doing this thing but then you're kind of making it up as you go and yeah you're yeah it's just like you end up finding the way it's, yeah. it's not like you just do you you start out with this plan and then it's like you know every single step that you've got to yeah. do from a to b it's like you're kind of in the middle of it and you're just like finding what it is you have to do yeah you just kind of like planning day by day or whatever it's kind of like one of those things though like how did the mouse eat the elephant it's like bit by bit you yeah, just got to do yeah. little bits by bit and then you know even if it takes time you're like, you got to do it and I think like as well like just going back to that um, like I spent like a lot of my life sort of like saying I'd do these things or like yeah that, and I just like never do them and I think I was like kind of feeling really shit about that and I, it's just something this was just something that I was like oh, I want to do this and now I'm doing it yeah it's cool it's really it good. gives you control man too yeah and I think like um, you know it's something that I want to like live by now as well like now that I'm doing this like I don't want to say stuff if I'm not going to do it like I want to yeah. say stuff not like about saying stuff but like if I want to do something like I'm going to do it you know yeah. I'm not just going to sit there and go or oh, maybe I'll do it later or and you think of all these reasons not to do something but really you're just sort of uh, procrastinating man I fucking push back so hard against myself when I because man it's like I, I don't know whether everyone has this but I'll be like oh I'll do this today and then two seconds later I'm thinking about all the reasons why I shouldn't do it yeah yeah, yeah. and I'm like I fucking hate that voice in my head yeah. now I fucking hate that voice Bullshit, in my hey. head yeah and dude I just like I I don't know if I was even aware of it for the yeah. longest time but now I'm like hyper aware of it yeah yeah same man I that's like like, I totally uh, get where you're coming from there. And I think everyone kind of has that voice where it's like all the reasons you shouldn't be doing something, but you've got to, like, staunch that voice. Like, fuck you, I'm just going to do it. <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty much, man. Like, I try to... The biggest thing with me, I think, where I learned it is jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Because I'd plan in my head, oh, I'm going to train today at this time. There's, like, two, two times a day where I can train at the yeah. gym. And then I, I go in my head, all right, 5.30, I'm going to train... I'm like, oh fuck, but I got this. Oh fuck, I got this thing on, and then I, and then I got that, and then that voice just starts instantly. As yeah. soon as you think, 
about doing something or I'm going to work on my bike or I'm yeah. going to do this, I'm going to do that. And so now like I literally, me and my buddy Sam, we always talk about like gunner people, mm. gunner, 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 gunner. Fuck that. I yeah. hate being, I'm just not a fucking gunner person anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's that gunner. It's like, no, I've got to do it. Like, yeah. I'm going to do it. Yeah. yeah 100% and and yeah you're right there is like a good feeling that that comes off the back of you know not not just doing the it's almost better when you do have the voices that go against you and then you kind of do it instead yeah man well like you're proud of yourself you know because you've done something that you know you've really wanted to do mm. and then you you do it and you're like holy shit I've done it yeah because you know? I mean I definitely I do a lot in terms of you know like yesterday for example we did that shoot up in Gympie and it's like I had to get up at 5 in the morning and then you load your bike and then you go to the track and then you ride and then you do the shoot and then you yeah. come back and then you got all the jobs that you gotta do and then I was in bed like literally finished all my shit in bed got up at 5.30 we're doing this it's another podcast after this yeah. there's just no you, you don't end up having uh, time in the way that you kind of used to but again it's just like but I'm, I'm sort of fighting self-doubt at all periods of yeah. this time like that there's kind of a reason to back out of every one yeah. of those things that yeah. i just listed but you would have like went to sleep like a baby knowing that you got everything that you wanted to get done in the day done yeah and it's just sort of like you've got to do something mm. <laughs> like mm. you've you're gonna wake up tomorrow you're gonna get 24 hours yeah what are you gonna do yeah it's sort of just like you can you can either procrastinate you can waste time that way you can set, think you're gonna do something and then you can like spend time thinking about it to the point where the time's been and gone and now you don't have time to do it anymore or whatever yeah or you can just fucking get up and do it and then go to bed and then get up and keep doing more shit i read this um uh thing a few years ago and they linked because um, they say that one in five people are uh chronic procrastinators dude like i would say like fucking five and five yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they they link like a lot of like depression and anxiety to that and they say um like the way they're explaining it is you know you like you could do the dishes or it's a lot easier to sit down and have a scroll on your phone or whatever yeah but then you feel shit because you haven't done your dishes your dishes are still there um, you've said you were going to do the dishes, but like yeah. you're not thinking about that in your head, but that's sort of how your brain's yes. sort of working to that. And then, you know, you, you might not do your dishes or whatever till tomorrow or whatever. You're feeling like shit. You're feeling like shit. Your dishes aren't done. Um, and then you do your dishes finally. You drag yourself, do them. Takes you like five minutes and you're like, fuck, I feel great. My dishes are done sort of thing, you know? Yeah. And that's just like one of those things in life, like, you know, at any level, whether it's your dishes or it's, an audition that you wanted to go for or work that you got to get done like it's anything you know dude i totally totally agree you know what i started doing to to alleviate that because i'm the fucking worst like yeah. honestly i am the worst for that yeah, kind of yeah, shit yeah. like i find it i find it so much easier to do the hard things yeah yeah than yeah. the easy things yeah, for, same, for whatever reason like yeah you'll go skate across the country yeah. but it's like hard to do the dishes yeah but i feel that same shit you know what i started doing i started like i'd go I need to hang out my washing. Oh, can't be. Oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. Gotta, then you, that whole those wheels start turning. Yeah. So what I started doing, I started putting a fucking stopwatch on, timing myself to do the 
close. Oh, no, you're just putting pressure on yourself. No, man, eh? no, not to. I just want to see how long it takes. Oh, how long it takes, yeah. And then it's like, it takes like two minutes, 14 seconds. I thought you meant you were like timing yourself. To see how fast I could do it. No, to see how much time you're wasting oh, not doing your clothes. No, no, no. no I, I was like, all right, I'll do it, but I'll see how long it takes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. then I timed it and it's like, Two minutes, 14 seconds. Yeah, it takes stuff And on. I'm like, fuck, man. I literally spent longer thinking about not doing yeah. it than just doing it itself. Yeah. So I started doing that with like my dishes and all just my dumb shit jobs that I mm. fucking hate doing, putting my clothes away, all that stuff. And uh, and then I kind of just got it in my head. I was like, all right, I've kind of timed a lot of this shit out. Most of my jobs around the house take like between two and four minutes. Yeah, It's really not that big a deal. I could actually spend... I could waste that time way easier than just doing it. Mm. And you like you see like successful, happy people, they do their dishes and they like make their bed and like mm-hmm. you know they're, they're doing their stuff. But you've got to like not everyone's like that. You like you've got to like train your brain to be able to do that. Like it's uncomfortable for some people to be able to even just get up in the morning and have a shower. You know, mm. um, because some people just yeah, I mean, like it's just hard for some people to do these common things but you need to force yourself to do this stuff yeah well, i think um, and um, after a while like it'll just come naturally to you you know yeah and i think that the the thing that probably most people don't understand is that they're just thinking without knowing that they're thinking mm. like you're just lost in this train of thought that you're extremely identified to like you're actually living those thoughts as if they were happening to you in the moment but all you're doing is sitting on the couch or laying in bed Mm. and these experiences that you're having in your thoughts are as real as if they were actually happening and i think that once people can uh identify that that's what's going on yeah and that they're not actually doing anything they're thinking about anything yeah that what is the thing that kind of makes you better is just to get up and actually do something without being lost in thought mm. I, th- I think that's you know really the the sort of the problem that that people are having in that you know you can call it procrastination you can call it daydreaming you can call it fucking whatever it is that you want to call it but i think that's what's actually going on and mm. it does it just doesn't feel good mm. yeah man for sure um, so what what do you uh, what do you what do you do day like get up in the morning yeah. like how's the routine are you strict on the way that you kind of get on the road have you got like a certain like script that you need to follow to to uh, to make it happen or very case by case yeah it just depends um, how far I'm skateboarding in the day if I've got a small day like I skated from cool and got um Surfers, and that was like my smallest day I've had the whole trip. It was thirty kilometers. Yeah, but since doing this trip, I was like, mate, that's going to be like my morning. Like, <laughs> no worries, sort of thing. So, like, I left um, in the morning. I wanted to get to surfers early. It took me like two hours or two and a half hours. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but usually, I mean, the way I'm seeing this, I'm seeing it like it's my job. Like, I'm used to doing laborious work. Yeah. I used to do twelve-hour shifts. Um. You know, I'm used to like doing hard work. So if a day was to say 70 kilometers or something like that, try and start the day by seven or eight. Uh, I would need to start earlier, but it's just I'm ready to get up sometimes. Just try and like start the day, do a few hours, have smoko, a few more hours, have lunch, and like a few more hours, try and finish the day by five so I can like go to the pub and have a beer and a snizzle. <laughs> you know, but it's seriously, I'm just training like it's my job. 
Yeah. Um, and in that kind of, um, and I'm um, putting in routine kind of like it's my job, like I'm at work. Yeah, yeah. And so it's not really like a chore or anything for me. It's just like, ah, hey, it's just my job. Like, but I like I like skateboarding, so. Yeah. The worst, like, the, I fucking hate walking. And that <laughs> does so much more damage to my feet walking than does skateboarding. So I think that's also, um, that's like the worst part of my job is <laughs> when I'm going to walk a massive stretch. That's so sick that, yeah, that's such a good way to frame it in your head that it's just your job. Yeah. And I think that's like doing anything. Like if you wanted to do anything, even if you're not getting paid for it, you need to structure it like it's your mm. job. Like you've got to structure If you want to do something, like if you've got any type of work ethic, yeah. no matter what you want to do, if you structure it like it's your job, like you just naturally kind of get good at it or whatever. Do you, are you reading any like audio books and stuff while you're on the road or it's just music? No, nah, just music mostly. I was listening to, I was like... If I was walking, it would be different because I'm skating. I'm kind of like in the zone. Yeah. I kind of need like a constant sort of beat or yeah. something like that. If I was listening to a podcast, it would kind of like slow down my yeah. head a bit. Um, like if I was walking, it would be fine. But just because I'm skating and I'm like setting a good pace, it would be like if you were going for a run, you wouldn't listen to a podcast. You know? Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. Um, it's funny. There's a book called The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Yeah. And it is kind of about... I guess like procrastination and the resistance that you feel like self-doubt and all that sort of stuff um, and one of the things that he says in the in the book is be a professional yeah. so like for anything that you want like you literally just said exactly his philosophy on this which is even if you're not getting paid um, be a professional treat, totally. treat it like your job like you can have a job and finish work and then you could treat whatever your side hustle is whether it's yeah. fucking drawing whether it's podcasting whether it's pho- you know photography or whatever yeah treat you it can like treat job. it treat it like a learning job. an instrument or yeah, yeah languages yeah. languages but yeah i mean that's like when we were talking before about this like when i come back from america like i just didn't get another job mm. i was just like hey i'm gonna do gypsy tales this yeah. is gonna be my job and i just worked and worked and worked and worked yeah. until now now it literally is my job and then we've got like uh you know staff and then they rock up and then it's their job so it, it that that it honestly is the move for anything that you want to kind of get done if you can have that discipline to treat it like it's a job from from the jump at some point it will be yeah 100 percent, man um so that's even like um i know it's like instagram influences and yeah. things like that like people think they've got these like sick lives even like me like I keep up all my Instagram stuff and my stories but if I wasn't doing a fundraiser where I wanted to keep people um, interested in you know what I'm doing for my fundraiser like I wouldn't be doing it because it's like having another job Mm. and you meet like these Instagram influencers where people are like oh they're living the best life ever but they're professionals and I bet like what they're doing you know like doing the videos every day or the editing uploading it like it's like a full job mm. um, and it's not like an easy sort of job like it's a hard job you know yeah definitely yeah 100 percent. have you um have you enjoyed that aspect of it like the community aspect and the people that have been following along and like are you yeah, talking man. to a bunch of people because i've actually had a few people um i actually had a few people message 
me about you doing this oh yeah 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 <laughs> so I, I had i knew um yeah i knew you were doing this um yeah. before but fuck she just gets lost in the in yeah, my dms yeah, yeah, after yeah. after you know a couple of days it's yeah. buried but um has that been like a cool part of this experience as well totally like um i've just gotten so much like warm uh support from the public like uh i mean i don't know i've just never had and that sort of like support and like sort of things before you know um and i've just get messages after messages um people checking up on me tell me that you know what i've done is like inspired them to start skateboarding again or to start traveling again and like that's you know it's really nice um and i get people messaging me just saying like you know people from Laos and stuff saying like you know thank you so much because for me so yeah but like i don't really feel like i'm like doing this real like big high mighty thing like I'm just sort of I mean I love this shit I'm just doing it for fun you know mm. but it's just great that um, to see people like are really enjoying it people like love the content that I put up um, people message me and say because I've been staying like with like strangers houses that have just messaged me on Instagram like hey when you get to this area you can like we'd love to have you stay over and have a meal and we've got like a bed for you and a shower and stuff like that so yeah it's been like really cool I mean it's just like like definitely uh, when I first started this and it was so hard um, but it was it's weird do you know do you follow Nitro Circus at all? Mm. do you know Barzy? Barzy? yeah he's a professional scooter rider nah he's only young he must be in his 20s or something but um, where's he from? he's from Australia yeah right yeah, I think he's from Melbourne so like my second day in he pulled up in his van and he's like, hey, like, what are you doing? Do you need a lift? And I was like, no, nah, I'm skating again or whatever. And he's like, yeah, that's that's sick or whatever. He's like, I'll, I'll ride scooters and stuff for Nitro Circus or whatever. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool. And um, he like took a video of me and um, put me on his Instagram because he's got like 50,000 followers. And then overnight, I got like 200 followers. Yeah, right. And I thought that was like heaps, you know, like 200 followers. Um, and they're all like messaging me like, because I was feeling like shit then. I was like, this is stupid. Like, I don't want to do this. At the, he, st- at the very at the start. start yeah. And he put up a post saying this guy's trying to raise money. He's skateboarding to cans. And everyone was just messaging me like, dude, like keep going. You're killing it and all that. And that really pushed me to like, fuck, I'm going to like yeah. keep going. And I'm going to, yeah, keep doing it. That's so cool. And, and man, like you're just, you can tell you're just such like a nice, humble dude too. And it's for like, <laughs> the right reasons and i think that a lot of people too especially in like the charity world it's very fucking can be very weird the charity world yeah sometimes. totally yeah because there's like so much money and stuff involved yeah and i think just when someone comes along like you that's just obviously so genuine and and nice and just doing it for <laughs> Jeez, the right man. reasons I think that is probably what's resonating with a bunch of people as well. It's just like, fuck, here's like this really cool regular Aussie <laughs> dude that is just fucking having a crack. Yeah, man. That's pretty much like, um, that's all I'm doing is just like trying to have a go at it. And I just want to see more people skateboard. Yeah. And it's just like a full love job. Like I'm paying for this whole trip myself. Um, the NGO Make Life Skate Life, they're like skaters, like they're, they're volunteers in that as well. I'm just trying to raise money for... um for like concrete and like steel infrastructure just for a quality good skate park that they can have for the next hundred years you know yeah that's the cool thing about a skate park too right is that like you can build that and it's this legacy thing that can just live on there for so long yeah and man like i 
Oh, uh, you know R. Willie from Nitro Circus? You know, he's like the big Ryan Williams scooter kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, he he come on the podcast not too long ago. Oh, cool. And, um, and, you know, that's what we were talking about. Like, he was just this, like, kind of goofy kid that was, like, picked on a lot and bullied. And mm. then he just lived at this skate park in, sunny, in the sunny coast and was just, like child prodigy and then that's like all of his you know he earned respect there and then he got sponsors and then now he's traveled the world like a skate park can change a kid's life oh for sure man and it's not like it's more like um like a i don't know skate parks are so different to i mean it's not like different to a beach or anything but like a lot of people that go to skate parks you know first of all Team sports, I mean, I was never good at team sports or anything. Skateboarding, scooter riding, BMX, it's all a very, like, it's you, your personal, like, your equipment, your tool. You're not, you don't have a team to let down. You don't have any pressure. It's just you and yourself, you know. So you're working, like, totally to your ability. And, um, you know, if you're going to, like, further your skills, like, you're doing that yourself sort of thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's a cool sport to start with. But also, um, skate parks, like... A lot of kids they don't have like good homes they want to go mm. home to you know they might have a lot of tv at their home they might get bullied on at school or whatever they are uh, skate parks like their getaway it's their their safe haven yeah and i hate you see it in australia all the time because skate parks aren't always like that people get bullied and stuff they do at skate parks uh but it's usually like these towns they're like fine we're going to build this skate park which we've been talking about for 10 years they build it out in the industrial area, yeah. surrounded by fences and that, where like you know anyone can go and hang out. Nothing's like supervised or anything like that, um, because they don't want their town to have a skate park in it, mm. or like because they seen as like, you know, kind of like a yeah, thing, like yeah. the rascals. Yeah, the little rascals. But it's those are the usually uh, the places where like that sort of stuff does happen. But if you've got a nice safe environment, like skate parks are great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when do you think you're going to be in the in the sunny coast? What's that? Is that Malulaba? Yeah. Um, I'm going to skateboard there on Thursday. Oh, sick. So yeah. you'll be there Friday? Today's Monday. Yeah. Not Tuesday, isn't it? Yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, I'm going to be there Friday and then I'm going to skate to Noosa on Saturday. Dude, you should... Um, so, uh, Willie, the guy I was just talking about, he does a Friday Arvo um, session at the Alex Head Skate Park. Oh, does he? Yeah, and he's got all these, like, scooter skate kids that go... Oh, cool. Yeah, I'll link you up with him, dude. He's a, he's a fucking legend. Where is it? Is it in Mooloolaba? Um, nah, Alex Head's... Alex Head's, I think it is. It's just, it's close there, though. Like, close it's those. all... Yeah, it's all sort of right there, but... That'd yeah, that'd be, be like, sick. That'd be, like, a cool one to do. Yeah, man. And then, uh, and then we've got to get into Flipside when you get into um when you get into gimpy yeah yeah for sure yeah that'd be cool as yeah no it's uh, man i'm excited for you to go because now like uh, back there that fucking sydney and melbourne that's not my hood you know like if going into going into yeah going into cans i feel like i can get you the hook up on some on some cool places to go and some cool shit to do i reckon this is gonna be like the hardest um part of my journey like i know i'm gonna be in for the roughest weather I know the roads like aren't going to be that good. I think there's a stretch between there's like Bundaberg and Townsville, or someone's told me there's like a stretch, and there's just like nothing there. Mm. Um, which I'm like sort of gearing myself up because I might have to camp for the night or maybe two nights. Oh yeah, so what what are you going to do there? Um, I know I'm going to pack like as much water as I can 
Is there? I mean, I don't. I don't actually know. Is there much traffic on this highway? Yeah, like it. It does get pretty busy. So worst comes to worst, like I can like flag a car down and ask if they got water or whatever. But my, there's heaps of um because there's a lot of trucks. Yeah. Like a lot of semis that are going yeah. um forward. So I mean, there's a lot of those like truck stops and road stops and stuff like that. So I feel like you'll probably be pretty sweet with just how many trucks and that are there. And there's all those like stop drive revive survive deals. Yeah. I saw, um, I'm just trying to figure it out. Um, might be Rockhampton to Mackay. Yeah, yeah, Mackay. that that road between Rocky and Mackay is fuck all. Yeah, I saw there's like a service station. I don't know if it's open or not though. Um, you've got to go off the road sort of thing, but there's one there. I was just going to call them up and ask if I can make it there because I think it's 80 kilometres or 90 kilometres and then the next day is another 80 or 90 kilometres. Um, I was just going to ask if I can like stay there the night or even if I'm out there like I might just I'm going to bring a sleeping bag and stuff just in case but yeah. like, I don't want to sleep on the side of the road <laughs> nah nah it'd be shit yeah. like mozzies and stuff like yeah, that yeah man snakes and stuff like I'm going to be fucked by the end of the day and then yeah. sleep on the side of the road and then no get up food. and do it again yeah fuck that's hectic but um, otherwise I'm just going to like if I can see like a farmhouse or something I'm just going to go door knock and Ask if I can stay the night. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm riding skateboard from Melbourne again. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I feel like you'd get you'd get lucky with somebody there. Yeah, for sure. I've always um, like I'm just a firm believer, and it sounds like really silly, but like most humans, man, we're all pretty good people, and we grow up we get told that we shouldn't be like trusting people. We've got to be real careful of people. Um, there's just so much fear. Um, put into us about other humans but realistically I mean that's such like a small percentage of humans that you should be fearful of because as humans like we just want to help each other Mm. and it's one of those things like ask and you shall receive you know like if you ask for help like someone is going to help you know if you need help if someone genuinely needs help like a genuine person would be like shit I need to help this person Um, yeah so yeah, I'm not too worried about that. Like, I've been like, I've always like hitchhiked and stuff like that before in the past. Um, so, like, yeah, I've got no worries. Like, <laughs> asking a stranger for a bit of help, you know? Yeah, definitely. Mind you, that I'm the same person. Like, if someone needs help from me, like, I'm always the first yeah. person to be like, hey, like, do you need help? And yeah. Um, so, have you thought about what it's going to be like when it's done? And then, what, like, what do you do next once it's done? Yeah, I'm going to have a massive party in Cairns. Yes. Everyone's more than welcome to come. Perfect. Um, Gilligan's. Yeah, Gilligan's. Yeah. I'm going to call them up like a month before I get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Huge party. Yeah. Um, I know some boys in Cairns that are down to party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I'm going to buy a, I'm planning on buying a motorbike when I get to Cairns. Yeah. Riding it to Cape York. Oh, sick. Yeah, yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah, I'm going to ride it to Cape You're York. You're on a trip. Yeah. And then I'm going to ride it back to Broken Hill down the guts of Queensland. What kind of bike are you going to get? Um, it's a toss-up between a DR250 everyone's telling me to get. Mm. Or I might get like a posty bike or something and see if I can get it there. <laughs> That'd be hectic. <laughs> Just we've, for a bit of fun. We've always thought about doing the Cape on a posty bike. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we did it in... Uh, we did it in... Aug- Fuck, was it August or September last year we rode? But we rode like normal bikes up there. Can you get it up there? What's that? The motorbike to Cape York? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we did it like in... Uh, yeah, we did it last year. Because people were telling me, they're like, oh, you won't be able to get it up there because like, there's like rivers and stuff. Yeah, no, you just go across them. 
Yeah, you just slide right over, man. Yeah, the posty bike would be fucking hard. Like, you wouldn't be able to get a posty bike across something. Put it on your shoulder and yeah. carry it over. Yeah, well, we had to carry our big bikes across yeah. at times, yeah. We um, what, we got to the Pasco River. Yeah. Um, and the Crocs there? Yeah, yeah. So, Fuck that. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, the Jardine River, you cannot cross that. Yeah. Like, there's a bunch of shit you can't cross. But, um, but yeah, like, we got to the Pasco. One of the boys tried to ride through. He flooded his bike. Another dude... <laughs> tried to ride through he flooded his bike so then we just got like sticks through the axles and fucking yeah, four them of out. them and, and, and lifted them across but yeah I mean I definitely like have you done much motor, motorcycle riding yeah I've ridden motorbikes when we laugh yeah cool so you'll be sweet then yeah. but yeah I'd get like a get like a DRZ 400 or something if you can get one yeah I wouldn't mind like a 400 my, my, my favourite bike like I love the um I did have a TTR 250 but they're want, a sick bike yeah I want to get a WR 400 yeah yeah, I got a TDR 250. I like and rode it from Broken Hill to Melbourne and back like a few times. Eh? Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm pretty rough around the edges. Like I remember riding there. Like I just said, like because I was like moving to Melbourne at the time, and I just had my backpack on with my skateboard and I like just hockey tied it to the back. But I rode there in um like open face helmet and short shorts and flip flops. It was just like cruising. But uh, I don't know. I've just never like thought about because I'd done a um like you meet other motorbike riders and they're just like all decked out in gear and stuff and that's yeah. for me I've just always sort of seen it as like a money thing it's really expensive to get protection wear but um yeah I think like now that I've seen like people come off and how bad they've hurt themselves oh, fuck yeah. it's not something I do now but yeah 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 that's awesome man fuck so you're gonna have this pretty much you're gonna spend like most of this year on an adventure really nah I'm gonna finish by April yeah, but then to go from to Cape York and back. It's about I mean, a thousand kilometers. Yeah, I mean up it's there. only kinda of like probably two weeks to go up and back for you. Yeah, it would take me about maybe like two or three weeks after. Yeah. And yeah. then and then ride back. Back to Broken Hill. Get a job and make some more money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you know what you're gonna do? Like have you got ideas around that or No, not yet. But I like I've always like had a pretty good sort of work ethic and yeah, um, like I've never had any problems not finding work or anything. Yeah, and then so do you? Are you going to try and go back over to Asia when all the COVID stuff settles down, or do you think that you'll be um, staying in Oz? Or um, I'm not hundred sh- percent sure yet. So post, we're hoping to get to Laos before the end of the year. Yeah, um, to build this to skate build the park. Skate it's park. only going to take about three or four weeks to build. Um, but I'm possibly thinking maybe I might uh, stay over there for six months to a year and um, sort of like run like skate lessons, make sure there's like maintenance at the skate park, things like that. It's just a maybe at the moment. Yeah. But I'm like kind of, I'm pretty happy and broken out at the moment. And I kind of like, well, I want to earn some money and get some money behind me. And yeah, I mean, I'm 28 now. I've always been like traveling around and doing stuff. I kind of like having a bit of money. Yeah. And I yeah. like working, you know, so I think my plan, I'll finish this. And I'll work to the end of the year um, and just sort of, yeah, see how I go next year in that. Well, I've really enjoyed talking to you. I know that you've got to get on the road and start <laughs> yeah, no your, worries, your skate. And, um, yeah, it's been cool meeting you. We'll, uh, we'll put a link in the description um, of this podcast. So for anyone listening that wants to um, donate to the cause and try and get the uh, legends in Laos a skate park, um, yeah. that would be, uh, be awesome for anybody that can... Uh, they can donate yeah for sure and like honestly like any little bit helps all like literally a hundred percent of the the money it's just going to concrete and like building foundations you know we've got like land yeah we've got everything we're just trying to get some money concrete's expensive when you do it, it. <laughs> in a skate park like it's just like a shit ton of concrete yeah 
Um, so what? how can people um, reach you as well? Um, so I'm on uh, Instagram and Facebook where I've been like documenting my whole trip under Gordy Aboard, like G-O-R-D-Y-A-B-O-A-R-D. Um, and my GoFundMe, if you just go on GoFundMe, you can search skateboarding for Laos. Otherwise, the link's on my my instagram as well yeah and we'll put the link in the description below as well yeah man that'd be awesome well yeah yeah, thanks thanks so much for coming on man yeah cheers dude really cool to um (laughs) to hear about this whole project and um yeah man you're such a nice and genuine dude and it um it definitely comes through that the intentions are are really pure for this uh trip that you've got going on and it's (laughs) just really cool to see somebody um yeah doing something for something a lot bigger than themselves yeah, cool. I, I really appreciate the support. Eh? Like, yeah, thank you so much. And hey, thanks for bringing me on. It's been like awesome meeting you and yeah, <laughs> having yeah. a chat in that as well. No, no, I appreciate it, dude. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, mate. Right, see you, dude. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro. Cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.